This is Power and Consequence. Welcome back to Power and Consequence, a podcast about liars, grifters, demagogues, and opportunists who demonstrate that they will do just about anything to get some fucking donations. That includes kind of throwing a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to a um, dictatorial uh, madman half a world away. But we'll get to that in just a second. I want to introduce the team for today. I am Matt, and with me as always is Jelani. What is up, Jay? Hey, hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going going good for some, not so good for others. And joining us coming back today is Bruce. What is up, Bruce? Dosh Badania. Maybe that's not <laughs> the right thing to say today, but hey, everyone. <laughs> My Druk. Pleasure to have you, as always. And joining us today to lend his expertise is the man who knows a little too much personally about certain uh, religious grifts. Joe, what is up, Joe? How's it going? Uh, like I said, it's it's going okay. It's going okay. I have a question to all of you. Have you guys sold your stock in Russian Standard Vodka yet? Who drinks vodka anymore, especially Russian? I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, you know, <laughs> tastes uh, like shit right now. Uh, I've never had any Russian uh, Standard Vodka stock, but I do have lots of gold now. Ah, okay, okay, get that. <laughs> I've always been more of a tequila man myself. There you go. It's like, That's what I'm pe- talking about right there. People investing in gold and whatnot, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Trying to add a little levity to the situation, but um, probably coming up short because unless you've all been living under rocks, as you all know, there is a full-on conventional war going on in Ukraine. Uh, Russia decided to invade a sovereign nation on February 24th. And, you know, I'll be honest with you guys. When I first heard that, like I was, you know, I work nights. And somebody texted me basically to the effect of, hey, Russia just attacked Ukraine. And my my reaction was like, oh, yeah, the Donbass region, the eastern region. Yeah, I we all knew that was going to happen. And then like two minutes later, I Google it and I, I look and I'm like, oh, fuck me. OK, they they're they're doing it. They're doing war like for real war. Sloppy, but for real. It's pretty piss poor in my view. Yeah, I mean, I thought that they were, you know, they, they, their propaganda is top notch. Like, I thought their infantry was about, was a bunch of, like, just merciless thugs. And it turned, I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I I don't really want to get into the position where I'm, like, cheering for one side and the other because a lot of people are dying per se. But I will admit, like, I'm shocked that Ukraine is putting up that much of a resistance. I mean, shocked in a good way in terms of long term geopolitical ramifications. It would be to say it would be bad if if Kiev fell to the Russians. It would be the understatement of the century. But still, I, I couldn't believe that they were be that the Ukrainians were holding out as well as they are so for now. Uh, I think a big part of it is the propaganda war that's been happening for years now is kind of eating away at the Russian troops as well. Um, Because there are many reports that even they don't understand what's going on. They're like, oh, I thought it was a training exercise. And whether they're lying about it or not, uh, there seems to be a lot of confusion. Uh, They're using unsecured uh, radios to talk to each other. Like, it just seems like a hot mess over there. So it's very interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, and and in any case, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people have been, uh, civilians have been displaced. We're talking uh, the rest of Europe is getting ready to accept like countless refugees um, and civilian deaths and injuries. It's kind of hard to get a figure just because that is the nature of war. I mean, we haven't seen something of this scale conventionally, probably what, uh, World War II, Korea, give or take? Yeah, World War II. Um, That's what, uh, what I was reading. Um, largest land war since World War II. At least to this scale where you have, you know, somewhat equal powers coming up against each other. It's not, you know, some bully just beaten up on someone less developed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not... Yeah, it's not, not like a Western nation dropping bombs on Iraq or something. Or who, who would do that? You know, stay in another it's country. Not, for- it's not like a, you know, a major Western nation would you know, run out of bombs on a poor Middle Eastern nation. Yeah, yeah. Who would do that? Nobody would do that. Stay in a country for 20 years, try to prop up a fake democracy, uh, ignore all of their tribal um, political alliances, and then act surprised when it you know, when it all falls apart. I mean, who would do that? Nobody would do that. But yeah, war. It's not good for anything. Except for, you know, crypto bros. Crypto is apparently doing very well, but that's I don't even want to go there. Yeah. So um as someone that dabbles and deals with or at least used to really kind of deal with that space, um, I'll admittedly say that I felt very dirty. Um kind of holding on to crypto just because um unfortunately that crowd uh, well let me let me take a step back not the crowd but a lot of people in that crowd uh very much have a uh an affinity for uh individuals like putin yeah yeah it's uh, crypto is becoming big in the gop too and the far right um for reasons you know I mean, there was a lot of affinity for Putin in the Christian crowd. I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but there's a lot of different reasons. Like there was a, I, one of the things I was hearing a lot over the weekend at first was a lot of people using uh, Putin's uh, Eastern Orthodox Christianity as a, you know, as he's kind of like waging a holy crusade almost, but quickly, like once the like reality of the situation was unfolding, their tunes quickly changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But that's how it goes. It's it, it's kind of similar to like, you know, um, people, the, the rhetoric on like, say, January 5th, you know, it's all well and good to drive that traffic. And then something actually happens. And then all of a sudden, everybody backpedals, you know, and they start pointing fingers like, oh, I had nothing to do with it. You know, it, like Tucker Carlson, the Tuesday or the day before the invasion, his opening monologue was literally, why is everyone mad at Putin? You know, Putin never called me a white supremacist or made me try to get me to lose my job. And then the very next day, he retcons the world and his whole life and acts like he didn't say all of that stuff, you know, but that. So it was it was enough being on Fox News Entertainment Channel. Yeah. Oh, opinion. Excuse (laughs) me. Not journalism. (laughs) Yes. They have great lawyers. You can literally just make shit up every day and. It's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not only contradict okay, yourself. Well, not only okay, and to contradict yourself, highly profitable. You know, but whatever. What else is new? With that, we can get into this. Does uh, is anybody else drinking? I'm having bullet bourbon on ice. I am having nice. tequila 
what's left of it in this flask, and I'll probably get up to more. <laughs> so it, if anyone remembers me from the last episode, I was really fucked up. Um, I'll probably be really <laughs> fucked up on the next one, or this one, and the next one. Yeah. There we go. There we go. That's what I like to hear. Uh, today I'm drinking a mango cart by Golden Road Brewing. It's a mango wheat ale. It's very good. I still got shit to do, so uh, as my mother would say, I have a blue dolphin on the rocks. Ah, Joe, being responsible, <laughs> my man. All right, well, with that, we're just going to dig right in. Oh, but before we do that, just as a reminder to everyone listening, if you like the show and what we do, you can check us out on Twitter uh, by following the show at Consequence Pod. You can follow me at Stop Talking Matt. You can follow Jay at Stop Talking JV. And also uh, share some links to this show with some people you think might get something out of it and is masochistic enough to listen to a political commentary show from four rogue individuals such as ourselves. Uh, yeah, so with that... We're going to just go over some talking points from this previous weekend uh, from CPAC and the lesser-known AFPAC conferences that took place in Florida. Uh, For those of you listening who don't know this, uh, CPAC is a decades-old conference that was once the home of fringe right-wing figures who wanted to hawk books and anti-communist-slash-racist policy ideas. More recently, it's home to elected officials and mainstream personalities who also want to hawk books and anti-communist, racist, and now anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans policy ideas. So it's a great group of people, salt of the earth, real America, Christian nation, all that good stuff. No lie, a different life ago, I actually wanted to go to CPAC back in like 2010. It's okay. That was that. That was t- you mentioned that that was the Tea Party era too. You know that was. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I, I was telling one of my friends that around that time, uh, I, what I was really into World Net Daily, that website. Oh. And uh, there, there was this one guy, Molotov Mitchell, who released this really bad rap song called OTP, which was a song about Obama going to be a one-term president. And literally one of the lines in the song was hardcore birther, yo, that's a fact. Oh, like I purchased <laughs> that song. Like that's kind of how deep that rabbit hole I was. I, yeah, yeah. Joe, I just want to say, don't let reality spoil your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> And to think that that was relatively tame by the rhetoric of the current day. I mean, what a difference a decade made. Holy shit. Seriously. I mean, yes. even like, I mean, yeah, because like back then, like I was I was a huge Steven Crowder fan back then. And like looking at his stuff then compared to now, even then was relatively tame. But yeah, so uh, that's CPAC. Um not to be confused with AFPAC or the America First Political Action Conference. And that was started a couple of years ago by people who are explicitly white nationalists like Nick Fuentes. Um, Nick Fuentes is, what is he? He's like 23, maybe 24. I mean, this dude is is really young, but I mean, he's cornered a certain niche market in this game. You know, um, he's the guy who tries to outflank um, Charlie Kirk from the right so he'll go to like Turning Point USA things and have his people scream at Charlie Kirk to denounce uh, Israel because they are hardcore, like, you know, Holocaust deniers, among other things, very much anti-Israel. I don't care how they rationalize that. So, yeah, that's that's AFPAC. 
and they've they've had uh, like last year they they kind of made waves because they had a few speakers they had at least one who was an elected representative Paul Gosser you know um and they had Steve King who somehow outracist himself in 2019 and re- and didn't secure a uh, uh a re-election bid uh, that was the guy who who made those comments in 2012 about um um Mexican migrants with uh calves the size of cantaloupes because they're hauling big <laughs> backpacks of of marijuana so that that's the type of discourse yeah yeah i, I love racists <laughs> they say the dumbest shit don't they like that's I, honestly i i'm gonna just go on a little right yes i love racists because of how fucking retarded they are and it's like racism is so illogical <laughs> oh, man. so irrational that they say and do the dumbest shit and you're just like you know what i don't want to be racist i don't want to be so fucking stupid like you will see just a random racist person just go out of their way to prove their racism and just like either harm themselves or embarrass themselves. And it's like, really dude, is it that serious? Yeah. But if but you can you, hone in on keywords and speak in a cadence, you can control idiots. Yeah. Need, but you know what this. the sad. Yes. But the sad part there is that like, yeah, to, to us, we look at that and like, you know, it's like, oh, that's embarrassing. Like, I would be embarrassed saying something that's stupid. But to them, at least some of them, they know, like, okay, whatever, this might look stupid to the normies, right? But I'm going to get donations off of this. Somehow, I'm going to make money off of this. And that's the part that makes me wonder. It's like, is humanity worth saving? I, I don't know, you know? Maybe climate change, uh, that's not such a bad thing. I don't know. But I hold out hope, you know? COVID did a number, so I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll see we'll see uh yeah so so that's 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 afpac you know um between cpac and afpac there was a lot of speakers over several days uh afpac was only like one evening i guess that's the most they could afford for like a hotel ballroom um but i wanted to focus um among all those scores of speakers uh on elected officials that you know they're, they're kind of known in the maga world so to speak because right-wing propaganda is just more fascinating to me you know um i'm still waiting for the democrats to inspire a violent insurrection if they do i'll start focusing more on their their rhetoric but you know the uh, gop currently leads them one to nothing so time to step it up dems now to be clear uh you know i just want everyone to keep in mind that what we're going to discuss right happened this previous weekend and that this is happening while russia is waging war on a sovereign nation on ukraine so just everyone keep that in mind while we listen to basically the entirety of a couple of speeches all right and just let me know if you notice anything strange so uh first up let's start with the gop's cream of the crop the man himself who's going to tell us what's going on in this country all right i am of course talking about the hockey hero of cancun take it away ted cruz We find ourselves at an existential moment for our nation. The threats in our country have never been greater. So I want to do something a little bit unusual for CPAC. I want to step back and go a little more philosophical and ask, what is this battle all about? What are we fighting about in this nation? I'm going to pause there. What are we fighting about in this nation, according to Ted Cruz? Any guesses? Any guesses? Toilet paper. 
toilet paper that was that was yes that was a staple of the culture war yes three ply sh- ultra charmin now our lighters now <laughs> joe you got you got, you want you want to venture a guess oh probably something to hopefully get that god awful beard off his face <laughs> oh god <laughs> he like he does look like out of central casting for like a knockoff Hobbit movie, you know. It's- he brings shame upon every beard wearer in the world. <laughs> well, it's it's not it's not facial hair, but let's let's see what he does think. And I'm going to suggest that the fundamental conflict that is playing out across this great nation is a battle between power and liberty. The two are in fundamental conflict. (laughs) We are seeing it every day. Vaccine mandates versus doctors and nurses. Mask mandates versus kids in school. Spotify versus Joe Rogan. GoFundMe versus Canadian truckers. Justin Trudeau Let's pause for a second and observe that is the first time in recorded history that any Canadian has ever elicited that much of a response from any crowd on planet Earth Where are you from again Ted Cruz? Justin Trudeau Pay attention to himself Who is Ted Cruz? And the God-fearing Canadian <laughs> truckers. Yeah. yeah, baby. Okay. Okay. So that was a lot. That was a lot. So Again, just keywords and cadence. Yep. 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 Me bobbing my head over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking about that. Like, I was like, if I was more musically inclined, I noticed that, Joe, like the way he was speaking, I would love to like remix that, you know, into a song. You know, it's just, I, oh God. All right. All right. Maybe but, I'll. I, I, one thing I would just love is like there to be an actual explanation of how those two things are linked in the way that he's trying to link them. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. because he's in front of idiots, he doesn't have to explain himself. And, well, they wouldn't. And what exactly does that have to do with American politics? Yeah. Well, which is exactly. Which CPOC is supposed to be about. Right. Right. And circling all the way back, right, his big thing was power versus liberty. And all those things were examples, right? So power versus liberty, that, that statement, that, in, that is like a declaration that the two forces, power and liberty, are opposed to one another. They're diametrically opposed. They're in conflict with one another. And the, so, okay, let's look at the examples again. Number one, vaccine mandates versus doctors and nurses. Okay. So the implication being that vaccine that doctors and nurses are in general opposed to vaccine mandates. First of all, that's 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 fucking wrong on the face of it. Not true. Oh, yeah. At all. It's like, have any of you guys been around a group of doctors anytime recently? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. Like I work. In yeah, it's like I've never heard any doctor say anything other than. Get the shot. Yeah. I mean, I've exactly. never once heard any, you know, not insane, incredible healthcare professional, you know, 
recommend a piss poor health policy um, to someone in risk to their license. Uh, so yeah. I don't know what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. He- to be fair, there are doctors and nurses out there that don't follow the rest of their um sorry one second so to be fair to mr cruz real quick uh i know that's a first uh he doesn't believe in science so uh you know peer-reviewed studies all that 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 means jack shit to him so uh i guess i can start over Go and we're not even going to edit this. This is this is this is the real sh- this is the real shit, people. This shit is raw. Uh, as long as people don't see the video and actually see what just happened there. Um, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, there are doctors and nurses out there that have come out against vaccines and vaccine mandates. Um, and I just want to open the door to say that just because you passed school doesn't mean that you're you're good at your job it doesn't mean that you're good at what you do and so they're always going to be someone who doesn't fall in line with uh the rest of the people who are in their field but it doesn't mean that you should take their word for it true true i mean how many of us have had a shitty boss that was more educated than we were ted cruz went to harvard law school just i mean can we can we call him Raphael? Uh, Ralphie? I just hate call, calling him. If that's his legal his name. Nickname. Yeah. Like to, Raphael Cruz. To, Raphael. That, that. He's, a, <laughs> he's a U.S. congressman. We should call him by his real name. Just how they yep. called Barack Hussein Obama by his real name. That's a good point, actually. Raphael. I like it. Raphael. Raffi. Raffi for short. Raffi. I like that. Yeah. So Raffi Cruz. Uh, yeah, and he lists he lists other examples of power versus liberty. This 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 never ending battle, right? Um, mask mandates versus children. That again, implying that children are the ones opposing mask mandates. That's not true. Okay, bullshit. Um, but the, my favorite, the one that had us all kind of uh, shaking our heads, was Spotify versus Rogan. Sp- I, I, I that no, just, no, he's the. No. Yeah, and who has the power in that relationship? Right? Exactly. You know, it's like he he is the two we thought $100 million man, turns out he's closer to the $200 million man. And you know, it's made clear from reporting that Spotify bet big that Rogan would make them what they are, which is a podcast powerhouse. You know, they do I do know they have other things in the work where they're working on sort of like a vertical integration where they don't want to just host you know, uh, this stuff. They want to be able to produce this stuff, create their own type of, you know, their software, this and that. They want to be, uh, you know, from top to bottom. And, you know, from a cap, from a purely capitalist perspective, okay, fine, whatever. But the issue here is that they're, they're so invested on Rogan that they're allowing him to spew his bullshit. Bullshit that everybody knew he was already doing, by the way, before he landed this deal. You know, yeah, I, I love I, that I completely counters the free market argument. Like you, they, they no longer have the free market argument at their disposal because they've obviously tossed it out the window with, you know, the whole Joe Rogan versus Spotify. If, if you believe in a free market, then Spotify can do whatever the fuck they want. Basically. But I guess to, to kind of straightly 
state Matt's point, they didn't do anything <laughs> to Joe Rogan <laughs> in all this controversy. Like, they literally did nothing, and they pretty much showed support for him. And so there is no power versus liberty dynamic there. There's nothing there. Zilch. I mean, it kind of, it's a bunch of empty words and platitudes and phrases when like your audience is unable to wait is it propaganda dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean if if your audience has no idea what you're talking about but it sounds great then you know you can say what you want to say right but you know they yeah, might they call don't, that. And they don't care half of them half of them are drunk the other half are probably on cocaine i don't know that for sure but i'm saying there's a safe bet you know it, it, powerful people in one room there's gonna be cocaine you oh know? absolutely probably I want to know maybe, what they're smoking. Maybe, without naming. Oh, shit, you know. Well, I can tell you that, uh, you know, the the criminal sentence will be like hundreds of times less than it would be for rock cocaine, but that different era. But, you know, thanks, Democrats, by the way. I <laughs> got to give credit where credit's due. Thanks, Joe Biden. Thank you. Yes, uh, Bill Clinton. Thank you, Democrats of the mid-90s who had to stay alive politically, so you tried to outflank the right from the right in terms of crime. So that that worked out great for everybody. Let's Thanks go Darwin. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's a super predator. Oh, we're doing a whole different episode now. We're getting... <laughs> uh. So anyways, yeah, Cruz, he keeps going. You know, um, that little mention of GoFundMe versus uh, the the Canadian truckers. And we'll, we'll talk more about them in a second. Um, yeah, uh, just to be clear, GoFundMe didn't oppose the, the Freedom Convoy. They just gave everybody back their money because um, once they found out that there was violence in Ottawa, that violated their terms of service. Thus, they, you know, if they have to be ideologically neutral, they have to return that money for everybody. What landed them in hot water was initially they were like, we will reroute that money to charities or you can re- you can request um, a refund if you donated to the truckers and that pissed people off. So then they were like, okay, fine, automatic refunds for everybody across the board. No charities get shit. So, but Cruz keeps going on. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. So Cruz, he keeps going and he sort of frames his audience, the CPAC audience, as the free people, okay, who are standing up to the power, right? Uh, Because the audience represents freedom and truth, apparently. And then he dumbs down the rhetoric to something reminiscent of, I guess, a Facebook meme. You got to understand what is playing out here. What is playing out is the powerful are afraid. They are terrified of you. They look out at the men and women in this room and you scare the living crap out of them. They are afraid of truth. They are afraid of liberty. That fear is driving them. Let me suggest a principle. A very simple principle for conservatives to understand. Big is bad. Across the board, big government sucks. Big business sucks. Big tech, big Hollywood, big universities. Any accumulation of power that is centralized is fundamentally dangerous for individual liberty. Anybody? Anybody? Big oil. 
big churches. The elephant in the room is that he's literally talking about himself. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Bruce. He's a fucking U.S. senator, upper chamber, unbelievable power with no term limits, mind you. Oh, God. What an entitled snowflake. The projection is just, you know, at this point, you know, like, it's just the projection is so piss poor and basic that it's just like, come on, guys. Like, you know, if, if, if any of you MAGA folks are listening out here, no offense to you, seriously. Have some respect for yourself. Seriously. Like, why, why, why be duped by this Raphael Cruz, the guy that will literally leave you in a blizzard and go to Cancun? And this is the guy that you want to, want to represent you? This is the guy. This is your king. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's abusive to the to his audience, to his constituents. It's like I he's basically saying I know one either you won't care enough to Google what I'm saying and to really di- to to read beyond the headline, um, or I think that you are too locked into your bigoted ways to care. You know, he's he's betting he's assuming the worst of the voters of Texas, which I think is kind of fucked up. Super you know, up. but but I just have one thing to say is like, how is this projection anything different? Like, this is the logical conclusion in the way that his projection. That, I mean, the whole rights projection keeps going, and this is the same kind of projection that it's always been. Yeah, but unfortunately, though, um, I would actually make the argument that we have not reached that conclusion. Um, Unfortunately, we're at the very beginning of what could be, and like I think that's the problem. Like the beginning of the end. Well, I think it's unclear. Um, I mean, I think I'm a I'm an international relations major, history minor. Um, just a little background. Um, and I, there there are some events in history that mirror some of this, and it's just not really good when you see this sort of, uh, I guess. Uh, misinformation in a, in, in a population, basically. It, it's really hard to turn back. Um, and, and really the only way to fix something like this is education. And that's also the, 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 the main area that unfortunately, well, everyone should know if you're paying attention, the GOP likes to defund the most is education. It's the, the demonizing of universities, the demonizing of uh, a critical thinking of any sort. Um, this, is, this is the end result of that, basically. Yeah, which is interesting because that a lot of that that got kicked into high gear um, as you know as overdue and as slow of an implementation as it was as the U.S. began to you know uh, desegregate education you know this became a thing it's like oh we you you know to the 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 explicitly racist white people of their day it's like oh you want our children mixing with non-whites well then we'll just you know we have to share the swimming pool we'll drain the fucking pool you know well I, I don't give a shit. You know, we will make literal segregation academies, you know, we, we will with and then, you know, to be clear, they weren't alone in this. The federal government 100 percent withheld housing funding. OK, at the beginning of that program in the 30s. OK, because they because because, <laughs> you know, Roosevelt knew he had to appease. And I'm not saying he was innocent, but he also knew politically he had to appease those Dixiecrats. He had to appease those hardline racists uh, or he was never going to get any of those public works programs through he he knew that 
you know so that was like the implementation of of really the constitution he, uh black people and anyone who wasn't white and male really was sacrificed on the altar of our version of of democracy a little mini rant there sorry politics but that's I okay think we need to hear more from Raphael to <laughs> cool everyone off we do we do because Cruz now he's going to double down on liberty all right and the argument against small government right by invoking he's going to go with anti-communism right which has got which is deeply steeped in like uh, Christian nationalism uh, he's going to misrepresent a long dead founding father right as if I care what he said and then he's going to cherry pick one phrase from a US Supreme uh, Court concurring opinion from 1995 and then he's going to finish off by encouraging the crowd to boo one of his political enemies what is it that the communists want the communists want control of everything they want centralized power how do we ensure freedom? You know, the principles I'm talking about were said far more eloquently, far more elegantly two centuries ago by James Madison in Federalist 10. James Madison talked about factions. That was an old word for special interests. And he said factions, if they're able to seize control of government, will strip away our liberty. And the genius of our Constitution is the checks and balances that divides government, that makes one branch fight with another branch, makes the executive and Congress fight, makes Congress and the judiciary fight, makes the federal government and the states fight. And what the framers, their genius was, the Supreme Court has called it splitting the atom of sovereignty. And that if the factions... If one faction can't seize control of everything, then they can't use that power against the people. That okay. principle was true two centuries ago. It's true today. Why is our liberty so under assault? Because giant corporations, giant tech, giant government, they work together hand in hand. You look at what happened with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, Jen Psaki. Oh, come on, Jen Psaki doesn't get the Justin Trudeau treatment? All right. You know, Peppermint Patty deserves some love. Yeah, he thinks he's fucking hilarious. That remind me of, uh, which Bush was it with the please clap? Jeb. Jeb. <laughs> Jeb. Good old Jeb. Please clap. Uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, this... Uh, what I don't understand is that Raphael here, he's talking like he isn't in Congress. Like he he can't influence his co-workers to do something about the big corporations. <laughs> um, I also don't like that he's describing the way government is supposed to function as a fight. Government is not supposed to be a fight between these three different um, factions <laughs> they're, they're supposed to work together and help solve problems for the people and help protect marginalized individuals they're not supposed to be fighting each other that's not what they're supposed to be doing but how can he be the victim if there's not a fight <laughs> power I mean, versus got, I liberty mean, the, the GOP has perpetual victim syndrome it's true enough yeah Jesus Christ <laughs> like this like, the more I hear, the more I hear, I'm just like, dude, like, 
I don't, I, I personally would never advocate putting hands on anyone. Like, you know, that's just not something I would advocate, but I would slap the shit out of Raphael Cruz if I could. Like, I mean, <laughs> this guy is clearly, it's very, very clear that his education seeps through his bullshit. And it's like, clearly he's Harvard educated. It's very clear. You, you can almost hear the bullshit. Like, come on, man, you're a blue blood. And you're trying to sit here and talk to all these regular ass folks like you're on the same plane as them. Dude, you're a literally a U.S. senator with all the things you're talking about. Like these big, powerful James Madison and factions. Dude, come on. We could all go on Google and read the Federalist Papers. It's not what was said in there. Come on, dude. Seriously. And to like city, to me, I'm a strong patriot. I don't know if anyone heard the last episode. I was on. I'm a strong patriot. I love my country. That means I'm willing to criticize the country if it needs to be. Like you're not a patriot if you're saying dumb shit like this. This is almost seditionist in my in my. End. You're you're basically you're basically sowing the seeds of doubt in how the federal government literally, and that's that's all these people are doing. The government works for the people. Period. Any person that it says otherwise and is trying to work against you on that, you shouldn't be trusting people like that. Yeah, I, I, I maybe you're blowing it out of proportion, Bruce. I mean, what 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 do you think is going to happen? A bunch of fucking rubes are going to take this guy literally and storm the Capitol? You know what? You're right. I probably have you know, no people idea. People could end up shot in the face. You know what? Yeah. I'm just a not a, just some college educated liberal. I don't know shit. Yeah, see, this is the shits that's dividing us, Bruce. Okay, you're the liberal that Raphael's warning us about. Oh, okay, no. I'm gonna go get my smoothie right? now, and I'm gonna go to Starbucks. <laughs> There you go. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and I'm glad you touched on that. The fact that, Bruce, the fact that anyone can read the Federalist Papers, you know, it's like, so point of fact, I did read Federalist 10. <laughs> okay, now, now, granted, I'm not, you know, I'm not a specialist in this, but even I could follow what James Madison was getting at in Federalist 10. Basically, what do you and first of all, let me let me just say this. I find this really interesting that Republicans invoke James Madison or the Federalist Papers to advocate for a position that is generally small government, since the whole point of the Federalist Papers was trying to convince everybody to get on board with the Constitution and empowering a strong central federal government. So that that that's that again, that's abusive to the audience. It's like, really, you're gonna pretend you guys are all gonna sit here and pretend that you don't know the contradiction in this. But well, the audience is illiterate. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I guess they don't believe in education, so that's true. I mean, I mean there's and, too much CRT. I, I say that as a joke and generically, but it's it's partially true. Like we say it all the time: these people are not going to go pick up the Federalist Papers and read them, and if they do, they aren't going to try and understand the nuance of what was going on. They're just gonna go pick out the sections that fortify what they want to believe and run and start yelling in the streets about it. Why, why would they do that? It's not like they do that with any other sacred texts. <laughs> tell me more. Oh, in, in Raphael. <laughs> it's not like they contextualize anything. Hey buddy. Of what those texts are written in. In Raphael, we trust. Okay. It's, it's not like they're retconning their own faith every 10 years. <laughs> But getting back to what Raphael actually said this time um, regarding James Madison and Federalist essay number 10. Um, so in that particular essay, in a nutshell, I mean, I'll link it, you know, you can read it virtually anywhere. But uh, 
Madison was pretty much discussing the advantage of the Republic in general over a pure democracy in its ability to to check the oppression of some by factions. And yes, by factions, I mean, you could loosely interpret that as like special interest groups. But what he was really getting at was the interests to which we all um, are subject. The, the main point of those essays, at least those ones, were that you can't avoid that. There is always going to be the landowner, the debtor, and the banker, all these people that have their interests. And it's impossible to suggest that we can operate independently of our own interests. So the best we can do is to create the best form of government to try to check that natural thing that's going to happen. So that was Madison's argument. Madison went further in that essay and argued that a large republic had a greater ability in this regard, checking uh, factions, over a smaller republic. Okay, The idea that he was putting forth was that a more diverse, more populous membership of the Republic would help to counter this type of oppression. And in essence, it was an argument, like all the essays of the Federalist Papers, in favor of ratifying the Constitution and strengthening the federal government, a strong central power. And yes, I know we're all thinking it, so I'm going to say it out loud again. This was all said under the background of chattel house slavery. Okay, so all of your equality bullshit, we have to we have to keep that in mind. But with that in mind, that's what he was getting at. Better than the Articles of Confederation, say that much. Yeah, and and that's what the Federalist Papers were was an uh, was an argument against the uh, those who were more into the Articles of Confederation in favor of this new Constitution because this this the Federalist Papers were from uh, 1787. The the Constitution hadn't been ratified yet. Okay, that's what they were working on. So, but again. Raphael thinks that nobody knows how to use Google or he knows his audience does not care. Second, uh, that bit y'all heard about the Supreme Court and splitting the atom of sovereignty, that term, um, I had to look that one up. I'd never heard that one before. But it's clear after reading about it that Raphael is um, conflating two things, okay? So, because James Madison never said anything about that, okay? That thing, uh, the Supreme Court splitting the atom of sovereignty, that comes from a 1995 Supreme U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, U.S. Term Limits, Inc. versus Thornton. Okay, so basically this is what happened. Um, earlier that uh, in the 90s, Arkansas voters passed an amendment, I believe it was Amendment 73, to their state constitution that effectively set term limits... Oh, that effectively set term limits uh, on federal representatives and senators serving in that state. Okay, so like if you wanted to be a, a U.S. senator from Arkansas, this amendment said you won't appear on the general election ballot if you've already served, I think, like two terms. So they set term limits where no federal term limits exist, okay? And under the auspices of it's our state uh, that, um, you know, is doing this election, so it's our right, 10th Amendment. Okay, so the Arkansas Supreme Court decided otherwise. They said that the uh, amendment was unconstitutional and SCOTUS in 95 later affirmed that ruling. Now, Justice Kennedy wrote a concurring opinion to uh, the majority uh, opinion and that included that phrase about splitting the atom of sovereignty. And he was making the point that although it is important that states and the federal government be allowed their represent their respective sovereignty per the Constitution, the nation's federalist beginnings don't allow for states to basically fuck around with the process of federal elections like this. Quoting directly from Kennedy, 
Quote, the political identity of the entire people of the Union is reinforced by the proposition, which I take to be beyond dispute, that though limited as to its objects, the national government is and must be controlled by the people without collateral interference by the states. McCulloch affirmed this proposition as well when the court rejected the suggestion that states could interfere with federal powers. So in, so you see what he's doing? He, he in, in arguing against strong central government he picked an example of a court case against states rights what whoa twist twist so yeah yeah those are rents in a lot of arguments that's that's Raphael. those are rents in a lot of mm-hmm. arguments mm-hmm. that use a <coughs> states rights slant Oh, and also, by the way, Ted Cruz has repeatedly throughout his U.S. Senate career tried to introduce legislation to actually uh, limit, uh, provide term limits for uh, U.S. senators and representatives. I'm actually in favor of that personally. I'm not against that. But, you know, that's that's part of his like, you know, small government concept. So I find it funny that he picked the one court case that said that sided with the feds over the states. So that's that's kind of actually an argument against term limits. Uh, that I found fairly compelling, um, being that um, even though if you look at like a just a general time period, or right, let's say 100 years, uh, if you roll the dice within that 100 years, if you have an educated populace, um, chances are that populace is going to elect someone that's probably going to represent them the best. Um, and the argument goes that term limits actually reduce the amount of effective leaders that can um, actually impact a given populace or a given country. Because every time a term limit comes up, you have to go through that process and you're more at risk for choosing idiots, essentially. Uh, I would probably argue that maybe our democratic republic might be a good experiment in that, um, that it seems like that kind of happens. I'm not for or against it, but it's hmm. a very interesting argument, though. That's, yeah. I mean, that-, that- uh, I've heard this argument before. <laughs> And I understand where it's coming from, but the, I feel like the simple solution is to just ensure that your populace is educated. Right. Well, it requires it in both cases. But then we'd have to fund schools. Right. <laughs> Who wants to do that shit? Uh, yeah, I don't want that. Get that socialism out of here, Jay. I don't want to hear that nonsense. my kids in college. What you talking about there? With your... With your CRT and your teaching history that's not complimentary to America, all right? Don't want to hear that. It's it's so interesting to me how, like, seeing how, like, the CRT stuff is all linked to, like, the socialism and communism uh, talking points uh, at, uh, you know, just within the right way. Uh, so... At my at my church, one of my volunteers is like he's you know he's in his sixties or seventies. He's an older dude, uh, t- total boomer. And I was talking to him about the whole Ukraine situation, and he was like, it, "I mean, his brain because of all the things that he's been fed his whole life is just so scrambled with all of his talking points." He's like, "Yeah, you know the, those godless communist Russians, you know, are are pretty yeah exactly." And it's like, and I was like, "Well, what about the arguments that Putin's making for his, you know, Christian, you know, orthodoxy and yeah, a lot of cr- crazy bullshit." But also, the wall came down like thirty years ago, dude. I, but. <laughs> I mean, 
to the people in power, did it really? Yeah. I mean, we have we have Biden, Putin, Cold yeah. War 2.0. That's a point. Well, in any case, yeah. yeah. So you know, and and yes, I and I bring all this up, you know, sort of to point out that. You know, Cruz's examples, you know, they they reinforce that power and that sovereignty of a central government over those respective member states like we talked about. But, you know, here's the thing, like we kept saying, I suppose he knows the audience doesn't care enough to really Google this stuff. But, you know, it's just it's really sad to me. So Cruz, you know, he keeps going on because, you know, it's a speech. He's going to say what the fuck he wants to say. Um, And he keeps going with the misrepresentation. He starts saying some other shit that's not necessarily true. Jen Psaki from the White House podium said, uh, billionaires, oh, billionaires in Silicon Valley, please silence that pesky Rogan guy. There's a pattern of government asking big tech to silence dissent. In Canada, the Canadian truckers, Canadian government says, oh, oh, go fund me. Billionaires. Please silence these pesky truckers. By the way, the workers of the world had a revolt and the left is pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The workers of the world did not have a revolt. Uh, can I just say, uh, since the topic keeps coming up, I'm really glad that the the whole trucker convoy thing didn't really spread as they were making it seem it was going to be spreading because um, they said they were going to go down to LA and block LA traffic and I think that would have been the true start to World War 3 <laughs> oh fucking with the Super Bowl yeah <laughs> yeah yes. what I find interesting is like this uh, trucker protest is happening against the backdrop of ever decreasing mass mandates around the country um, and then on top of that, it's also against the backdrop of ever increasing automation of trucks. So it's like, so I'm not going to lie. So I'll, maybe I'll plug my Twitter in there so somebody can follow all the bullshit I do on Twitter. But like, basically, I had a conversation with this gentleman. I had to remind him, like, sir, uh, you, you might want to think about where your solidarity lies, because when that automation happens, you might want to come see us because we're the ones that will actually give a shit about you, not where you're at. Just saying. And it's coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is. You know, it's just everything else is just a stopgap. You know, it's just like, you know, like fulfillment warehouses for Amazon. It's just like, yeah, humans are going to be, you know, running and gunning in there for as long as they're useful until machines can take more. And that is that is capitalism doing what it's supposed to do. You know, to be clear, you're supposed to create the largest possible uh, profit margin you're supposed to do for your shareholders. That's exactly how it's designed to work. That's how you know it's working. But And everything is expendable. Yeah, I mean, especially human capital. Bet your ass it is. But with the with the truckers, with the Freedom Convoy, it's like, we, you know, we were supposed to do this last week. And I had sort of like a, not a mental breakdown, but it was just like, God, the world sucks. I can't do this right now. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I love how 
Ted Cruz is a little late to that party for a few reasons. Number one, like you really shouldn't be praising the the convoy, like uh, suggesting that it's like the workers of the world. Okay, ninety percent of Canadian truckers are fully vaccinated. Number one, the biggest trucker unions in the country um, vehemently decried this this protest thing. Um, the uh, the U.S. Teamsters decried this thing. Okay, and and let me be clear, I'm not against civil disobedience. I think that on balance, it actually showed um, that it's it can be effective. You know, it's like did they did they block those bridges? Yes. Did they fuck with commerce? Did they fuck with the wallet? Yes, they did, and they also got a response out of people. I acknowledge that that's a demonstration of what can be done. Sure, but I still think that they're fucking idiots. You know, I, it's just like, I, I can think you're an idiot and not disagree with the concept. And also, by the way, uh, the, the organizer of this thing, they're fucking batshit. Do you guys know anything about these people? Like the, the, the ostensible heads of these people, uh, of this movement? I just know that they stole money and are in jail. Yeah. Well, they're, they're so, so they may have stolen money, but they were actually in jail for like the most Canadian cr- of crimes. Tamara Lich uh, was arrested for like I I'm I'm paraphrasing but basically conspiracy to get people to commit mischief. What? That now that sounds sounds funny, right? Sounds funny. <laughs> she she could I think she can get like ten years. Like oh, wow. Canadians like, are the nicest. Don't <laughs> fuck with me, people ever. Like just saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and Tamara Lich, just for those who don't know, she is part of the Maverick Party. She was one of the founding members. The Maverick Party, uh, one of their key points is they believe that the prairie states, uh, uh, the, the prairie provinces of Western Canada, should break away from Canada. They call it Wexit, as in Western Exit. What is this, the state of Jefferson all over again? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah, but with a little more swag. Um, And then you got Pat King, who was also arrested for mischief-related crimes. Pat King is long known to be a link to the Northern Guard, which is an anti-Muslim sort of like white nationalist Canadian organization. Like, he's been doing this crap for years, and it would take one Google search for you to find one of his racist YouTube rants, you know? So they... Yeah, they they jettisoned his ass from Fox News pretty fast. I think they did like one episode with him on Fox Business and then somebody pointed out his real allegiance and then they acted like they never interviewed him. And then you got James Botter. James Botter is a self-described uh, conspiracy theorist who believes that COVID is a hoax. So these are the guys who organized this. So just for the record. Wait, he calls himself a conspiracy theorist? As yes. if it's a good yes. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. he's like, just because it's a conspiracy doesn't mean it's not true, you know? You can't make this shit up. <laughs> or the something. sad thing is, I know people like that. It's far more common than you'd think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and Joe, you'll be happy to know that through all of this, there are Christian overtones, especially with Pat King, by the way, especially with Pat King. No. Crazy, That's right? No way. I'm just saying. Yeah, yep, yep. Pray, praise be the truckers, you know? So... <sighs> Yeah. So, oh, and just to, by the way, getting back to what we were saying, uh, Jen Psaki did not call for Spotify to silence Joe Rogan. Okay. Um, I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, and I went ahead and pulled the clip. So, uh, earlier in the beginning of February, 
um, Saki was doing um, a press conference, a White House press conference. And when asked a question during that press conference uh, regarding COVID-19 disclaimers, referring to the disclaimers that Spotify now does uh, because of this whole Joe Rogan thing, uh, asking the reporter for Politico was basically asking Saki, like, should more be done? And this was her response. Um, last week, the Surgeon General also was asked uh, on MSNBC about Joe Rogan's vaccine comments uh, on Spotify, and he said that tech companies have an important role to play in stopping misinformation because he, uh, they are the predominant places where misinformation spreads. Um, Spotify is putting out uh, advisory warnings on episodes that have to do with COVID-19. Does the White House and the administration think this is a satisfactory step, or do you uh, do you think that companies like Spotify should go further than just you know putting a label on there to say, hey, go do your own, you know, to check this out, you know, there's more research you can look at, you know, scientific research regarding COVID. Sure. Well, last July, I, I, you probably know, but the Surgeon General also took the unprecedented step to issue an advisor on the risk of misinformation in public health, which is a very significant step. And amid that, he talked about the role social media platforms have. So our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out and mis and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? You are 16 times more likely to be hospitalized if you're unvaccinated and 68 times more likely to die than someone who is boosted if you're unvaccinated. That's pretty significant. And we think that is something that unquestionably should be the basis of how people are communicating about it. But ultimately, uh, you know, our view is it's a it's a it's a good step. It's a positive step, but there's more that can be done. Now, on balance, I'm no fan generally of the Biden administration because they are, you know, very much mainstream uh, slightly left of center Democrat, and they could be doing so much more, especially when they were elected, but neither here nor there. That Having said that, I think that was a perfectly reasonable answer to that question, and I don't think it says anything close to what Rafael Cruz says it's, she's saying, you know? Rafael Cruz sounds like he's drunk half the time anyway. So, I mean, I know because I'm drunk half the yeah, time. Yeah, true. So I know what a drunk person sounds like. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, no, like what she said yeah, was a very rational, logical thing to say. It's the sort of thing that if you heard maybe a year and a half ago, um, whichever, I don't know which communication director you talked to, there's like five of them you know, would give you some ridiculous, you know, bullshit about some bullshit that Trump said and throw a wall in there somewhere. Like for me, it's very, it's very um, comforting to have adults in the room, at least somewhat adults in the room, you know? Uh, I, McAdany was my favorite. She was probably my favorite uh, uh, communications person <laughs> for Trump. That was good. But, but uh, actually I did have a question because uh Saki's talking about, you know, she hopes that all tech platforms will do more to sort of curb disinformation. And so I don't work in the tech world, but my first impression is like they will do that kicking and streaming because that's like a big part of their profit margin for a lot of these companies is driving traffic. And whether you like it or not, disinformation and rage memes and and shit like that, that drives a lot of traffic, at least as far as I can tell. Like I... Uh. Aside from traffic, I often remind people of this, particularly with the meta platform. Uh, the founder, 
and CEO of Meta is very libertarian and just thinks that all this stuff will work it at, itself out. Like the free market will control the truth, so to speak. And so when you don't have it coming from the top that these types of things need some sort of policing, then it, it, it kind of just will happen with resistance. He'll do it, but only if like he starts to lose money because of it. What it all comes down to, which is the bottom line, is the bottom line. Profit margins, you know, shareholder dividends. I just find it funny that it's like, oh, yeah, you know, everything will work out. But I also need to, you know, heavily weigh the scale down so it works out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But getting back to Cruz, um, you know, it's OK, guys, because he has an answer. All right. To the problem of centralized power. OK. And. First and foremost, he believes that you should fight everyone and includes that that he implies that includes the police. So what's the answer? The answer is threefold. Number one, fight power. Fight big government, fight big business, fight big tech, fight big Hollywood, fight big universities. Fight the centralization of power. Break it up. Break big tech up into a million little pieces. He's invoking JFK there, in case no one caught that. Decentralize. You know, we just had Wayne LaPierre talking about guns. Why is it the left, when they seize control, they immediately want to take away everyone's guns? Because then the state has a monopoly on force. If the only people with guns are the jackbooted thugs, then liberty is gone. Okay, okay. First of all, the jackbooted thugs to whom Cruz is referring most certainly includes the police officers, deputy sheriffs, and federal agents who were tear gassing and beating people all summer in 2020. Okay, I challenge somebody out there to find me a clip of Cruz denouncing the police for their use of violence against those participating in the George Floyd uprising. I fucking dare you. I know he'll say like, oh, they're rioters. That's different. I, I no, I, I reject that distinction. You know, it's just I I mean, that's to me, that's what he's saying. He's saying fight everybody, including the cops. Otherwise, I mean, who are you? Who else are you referring to here? You know what I mean? I mean, it sounds like he's gassing everyone up. It'd be pretty violent there to me. Yeah. Yeah. A little stochastic terrorism. You know, little salt bay, sprinkle it in there. You know, oh, God, that's his seasoning right there. Seasoning. Yep. yep. Raphael doesn't know anything rage, about seasoning. Ra- rage. Not Salt Bay. He's Rage Bay. You know? His, his name's Raphael. He can have a little bit of seasoning. That's true. A little spice to him. A little spice. You know? I think all his salt, not, salt not completely and white. in his beard. For you to be that angry at the world for no yeah. reason, sir, you need hot sauce. That He needs... I, I mean, whatever drugs are legal... And non, non like, like this man needs something. He he needs to relax. It's like, I would just love for him to go on a Joe Rogan's podcast, and then Joe just to blow weed right into his face. It would be interesting to see if that's all he really needed, right? Just uh, honestly, I feel like these people need psychedelics <laughs> because they just they're just a lack of love. Like they're just so filled with hate and psychedelics will give them love just some some shrooms go to go to oakland get some shrooms something like that you know <laughs> if only for uh, not, a few hours yeah uh, not not necessarily 
I mean, when I definitely my my experience with psychedelics when I was in that state of mind was uh, not a very good experience. Ah, so it it, it 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 drove me further into the fear realm. Oh, that's a well, shame. So I want to talk about your environment. I don't want to get too deep into this conversation because it's it's far off. But just quick, what was your environment when you went on that? I was at my friend's house, and we had gotten, uh, yeah, we had just gotten some uh, what, some shrooms, mm-hmm. and we were just chilling out. We normally smoked weed, and mm. like this was like early, early on in the, me. So it was a gateway a drug, is what you're telling me. Oh shit! <laughs> reefer mad, reefer madness, people. They were right. You caught me. Uh, no, but just main point. I mean, lots of people who know like psychedelics in particular your environment and state of mind matter a lot so if you were if you were especially if you were still involved with this cult that was sowing a lot of fear in your brain like that's just going to come out exactly um, and so yeah like maybe maybe it won't help him if if you truly I, and believe I, and what I, he's saying oh that's a good point and i, I say that i definitely was not in the right state of mind to mm-hmm. be taking psychedelics in the first place mm-hmm. interesting i'll st- i'll stick with my bourbon for now Thank you for sharing. Definitely, thank you. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Yeah. But uh, back to fighting. Speaking of good state of mind, y'all. So, yes, fighting is the first thing that Cruz recommends. The second thing you should do is uh, you should never apologize to the woke mob, but instead you should definitely scream at them. Number two, don't ever apologize to the woke mob. It doesn't work. They are not engaged in rational discourse. They are not actually offended at whatever idiocy it is they're whining about about that moment. They want to destroy you. They want to silence you. They want to subjugate you. Respond with joy. Laugh at them. It drives them bananas. Okay, are leftists the least funny people on planet Earth? You can't say that. You can't do that. You no, 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 I don't like that. I don't like like shut the hell up. Oh shit, he said hell. It's none of your damn business. If I want to get a vaccine, I'll get the vaccine. If I don't want to get the vaccine, I won't get the vaccine. And it's none of your business how I decide for me and my family. So you just said to laugh at the leftists, Raffi, but now you just want to scream, I don't wanna. That's that's it. That's his big strategy for dealing with the leftists. Scream. If anyone's listening, if anyone's from a three-year-old crowd. That doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Sorry, everything Rafael Cruz told you is bullshit. So if you come and laugh at me, I'm going to laugh with you because I'm really, really laughing at you. Yep. Also, I've watched Gutfeld. Like, conservative humor is awful. Like, just the jokes don't land. Yeah, it doesn't land, you know? I'm no comedian, but I'll tell you right, like, that show objectively sucks. It is awful. Awful. Somehow, I mean, they're just, they're going to hang in there because it's all they got. It's, I mean, it's either that or just, you know, 
uh, laugh ironically at, at Tucker Carlson. Right wing humor is akin to kids' bops versions of actual songs. Like that's what that reminds me of. And it's like, you know, like I just stop. Like just go back to being the moral majority conservatives you fake want to be, and just end this madness. Seriously. I mean, at least Jerry Falwell Senior is racist as he was. He told a few zingers in his day. You know, it's some some jokes that if I could let go of the hate, he was kind of he was kind of a clever dude, you know. Um, but I mean, Gutfeld, I mean, it's just like he needs to fire his writers. Yeah. But <sighs> yeah, it's Cruz, baby. He uh, Cruz then makes his third point, and you know, I'll be honest, I didn't see this little ad pivot coming. Uh, this little guerrilla marketing campaign, but I should have seen this coming. That scares them he's referring to laughing at them that scares them because it's not controllable and the third thing i'm going to say is speak out use your voice every one of you has a powerful megaphone to the world speak out and use your voice two years ago i launched a podcast verdict with ted cruz all right i want to say to everyone here under 40 Please go and subscribe to my podcast. Now we're doing ageism. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Two years ago, we were the number one ranked podcast in the world. To everyone over 40, call your kids, call your grandkids, and ask them to subscribe you to the podcast. (laughs) Number two. Text the word cruise to the number 24005. Let me give you that again. Cruise to 24005. Why is that? Because we're using text, we're using the podcast, we're using email, we're using social media, we're using every tool to mobilize and energize a grassroots army because we are taking this country back from the lunatic socialist left that is trying to destroy our freedom. That's just sad. I got to be honest. That's shitty marketing. I mean, Jay, Jay, what do you think of his marketing? (laughs) Well, I just want to point something out. Uh, aside from the groveling, <laughs> uh, like we have to pay attention to what he just did. He's targeting youth, so to speak, which tells me that I don't know if data is telling them this or uh, if it's, uh, I don't want to put conspiracy theories out there, but <laughs> basically it sounds like that's by design. Like they're targeting youth to you know, re-educate younger people so that they have more conservatives that grow up. Um, which, you know, I, I say it all the time. I am not against conservatism. I'm just against whatever the fuck is going on right now uh, with the people who claim to be uh, Republicans and conservatives because what they're doing is not true conservatism. At all. No. No, it's it's bullshit. It's a grift. Um, not gonna lie though, uh, he he, he kind of took took me on a left turn. I thought he was gearing up just to get ready to lick that boot and pump <laughs> Truth Social. Oh, so yeah. pump, pump his own podcast. I thought he was getting ready to lick that boot again, or or Getter, maybe Truth Getter. Social you know? actually loves That's, uh, that one. More like Grinder for him. Mm, 
It it uh, true social it did, and you know they just confirmed um, Nick Fuentes's account. So look forward oh, to that. That'll Adam. be fun. My Adam on Parlor too. I'm coming for mm-hmm. you, Nick. You'll love me. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Uh, but you know, also by the way, um, what he said at the end, saving America from the lunatic left, what, what lunatic left, Uh, no, seriously, Bernie Sanders got kneecapped by the Democrats in 2016 and 2020 mansion and cinema are without question in the pocket of big money interest. All right. And there's no chance that the filibuster will be ended so that the Democrats can do any of the shit that they said that they were going to do, you know, uh, I, Cruz basically just rambled and played far right rage bingo before closing with a shameless plug for his podcast. You know, it's it's nonsense. And th- and this is the guy. This is the guy that has an outsized influence as long as he says whatever Tucker Carlson wants him to say over like a significant portion of the voting population. And it just fucking baffles me. You know, it's just like like things that are things he says are lies or you know, obvious misrepresentations. And it's one Google search away. It took me like an hour, you know? And I just, I don't understand why he's, I understand why he's allowed to do this. I just do not understand why his constituents let him get away with that. I mean, they, buzzwords and cadence. I guess I, I truly don't get it. Oh God. Anyways. And that was his big finish was plugging his podcast. That's it. That's all this seated United States. He had nothing else. That was it. That was the end. That was the end of his shit. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of speakers like him. There was people, there was DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, who kind of did like a little mea culpa for, for licking Putin's boot, you know, last week before the invasion. So he kind of he, he kind of had to be like, oh, yeah, Putin's bad. That's, that's not good. Though. But, you know, Ooh, that's old savvy. news at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, you know, it was and it was a lot of speakers like this people who love espousing this american neo-fascist ideology of the far right um with those those christian undertones and as we're going to hear in a second here overtones um but i wanted to just take a quick look at someone that doesn't have nearly as much swagger okay uh this guy he kind of rose fast but then he took a lot of hits and rightfully so um you know this dude doesn't have um as much sort of I guess, um, influence. So he, he has to take bigger swings in order to get donations, right? So with that, I tripped across a short panel that included none other than U.S. Representative Madison Cawthorn from North Carolina. So I'm like, I, I wanted to dig into this one more, but I fucked up and didn't allot myself enough time. I, I feel like I want to drill in on him a lot next week, but I just want to touch on him real quick. So uh, he's on this panel, right, at CPAC. And the panel host asks Cawthorn what concerns he hears from young patriots as he travels across the country like a fucking far-right Johnny Appleseed or whatever he is. And um, Cawthorn starts somewhat coherently before going off the rails and embracing a widely refuted anti-communist claim. And the thing I have found from young patriots across this country is that They're tired of being categorized in the Republican Party as being the party of no, as being the party that just is against things but doesn't actually have any ideas of how to successfully fix things. And you're starting to see people in the conservative movement now coming out with policy objectives saying, hey, the ideology of of this wokeism, the ideology of of trying to sell America out to the highest bidder across across the sea, 
is no longer going to work. I mean, people in my generation, they want to be able to work and to prosper in peace. I mean, they, they want to be able to raise a family. They don't want to have to be an eternal renter because of insane student loan debt. Many people in my generation are starting to find that if you're getting a humanities degree now, it's completely pointless, which is sad. I mean, just 20 years ago at any of the Ivy Leagues, the humanities was the core of that. Right. It, it led to some great things, but then you started seeing this wokeism come out on campus, and I think, like many people in this room, we all just said, oh, that's so silly. Can you believe these college students? But where did that lead us? It led us to AOC. It led us to having the squad in Washington, D.C. And young conservatives across this country are now saying, we're not going to be categorized as being these radical leftists because we no longer believe in this ideology that killed 100 million people in the last, in the last century. We're now going to come out and go on offense instead of just playing defense. Okay, did, uh, so I had to listen to this one a few times to sort of get what he was talking about because he, he kind of went all over the place there. Did, do you guys get where he's going with this? I, there's just, uh, there's a lot and also nothing at the same time. Uh-huh, yep, yep. So um, first off, you guys will notice that he claims, and I, you know, who knows if this is true, he could be just, he could be lying. But he, Cawthorn claims that young conservatives are concerned that they're associated with being a part of the party of no. You know, it's what the what the GOP is referred to by anyone who doesn't like the GOP effectively. The idea that they don't really have policy solutions. They just, you know, treat the Democratic Party as a foil and they just oppose whatever they do, regardless of whether it's a good idea, you know. I would like to see what policy objectives he's talking about that have actually been implemented and worked other than Reaganism in the last 40 years. So I'm going to tell you right now, he doesn't. That's, that's what furrowed my brow. Yeah. <laughs> that's what made my Tucker yeah, Carlson face. that one out too. Like, uh, you know, if you're concerned about something being something, you know, the steps to do that is you just stop doing the thing that you're concerned about, you know, like maybe actually provide some solutions to problems, you know, instead of just going around and just being like, you know, oh, you're just a socialist. We don't want that. Well, cool. What's your solution? Socialist. I mean, come on. Like, we're tired of hearing that, too. Like, yep. we want actual solutions. Like, we want to make sure our families are also taken care of. Like, we want to make sure that people actually can do what they need to do and, like, survive like everyone else. Like, we're tired of the platitudes. Like, if anything, it's coming from your side, buddy. Yeah. And, you know, show us how give us facts. Yeah. And, and not only that, he hits on a few things that kind of demonstrates that there are certain concerns that virtually everyone has in common when he talks about, you know, like renting forever and student loan debt. Like, dude, that actually is a universal problem that people can get behind the di and But then therein lies the difference. The difference is some people will look at a problem like that and they'll go, well, maybe we should work on uh, some type of like more robust uh, loan forgiveness. Maybe be some type of like you know f uh work program so something something where people can put into it and get something out of it so they're not in debt all of their lives because just because they're going to college and somebody like cawthorn would probably look at that and say we need less regulation we need more uh we don't need federal um student loans we need private lenders or so like he would rationalize this somehow in the free market like um like medical care you know how they say we need more competition you know, that's that's what will lead to that's what will lead to equity for everyone. We need to take we need to stop regulating um, uh, medical insurance companies. And I feel like he would do the same thing here, probably, because that's what he does. And also the uh, the idea, you know, that he's going to offer up solutions. He never does, by the way, in that whole panel. Not really. Um, 
but the other thing is like, you know, he, he, you know, he claims that some type of leftist ideology on college campuses led directly to the election of Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the rest of the so-called squad. I, I don't see the connect there. I don't. It's communist takeover. That's that's oh, in their no. in their mind. You know, like the funny thing I like to do is like I like one of my favorite questions to ask people is, you know, OK, cool. Let's talk about communism and socialism. Let's differentiate the differentiate them. Uh, make, make the difference between them for me. Tell me what's the difference. That was honestly one of the, like the bigger parts of my deprogramming was coming to the realization that we couldn't actually have a conversation of what does the term communism and socialism actually mean? What is the difference between them? And trying to define terms. Let's to deprogram somebody that's starting a dirty, asking a question. Yeah, and uh, they don't really they don't really go into it. But you know, anti communism like those like John Birch Society level anti communist notes that's a big part of Madison Cawthorn's rhetoric. You know, if if no one's been paying attention out there, um, but that whole thing at the end where he's talking about how young people don't want to subscribe to an ideology that killed a hundred million people in a century, right? So he's referring to what he believes is communism. Okay, and I have no doubt that he read this from a meme. Okay, that that comment he made, that's a weak attempt to link all progressives to communism. And I doubt that Cawthorn knows this part. But what he's actually talking about is a figure included in a book that was first published in France in 1997 uh, by several authors. And it's called the Black Book. uh, the, The translation is the Black Book of Communism. Okay. Um, basically it's anti-communist propaganda. Uh, the book, among other things, it claims that the total death toll across 10 nations associated with communist regimes and real socialism, quote unquote, in the 20th century was approximately 94 million people. Now that gets rounded up to 100 million people because 94 doesn't seem as good on a meme, right? So that number, by the way, is highly disputed because it depends on how you define the deaths, right? So for example, um, in the death toll, 5 million people are included who died in Russia during the 1921 Russian famine, okay? But that also ignores the external factors surrounding it, you know, the fact that there was, like, a civil war, an uprising, counter-revolution uh, attempts by the czarist Russians, the fact that the czarist Russians probably were stealing the fucking food, and, and like, all kinds of things. So it's like, if you count, and also, by the way, if you count famine, Noam Chomsky, in a direct uh, contradiction or a direct challenge to the, Bla- the Black Book of Communism, stated that by that standard, the U.S. is responsible for millions of death in India due to famine, if you want to link it to economics if you want to take it there the british too for that matter you know millions in the death toll in that fucking book were likely linked by the way to the nazis killed by the soviets during world war ii so anything tangentially related to anything quote-unquote communist or socialist is included in this 100 million or 94 million death toll um yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, one of the central arguments of that book was that communism was worth worse than Nazism. The implication being Nazism wasn't so bad. I just find it always funny and ironic that their examples of real communism and real socialism is always a totalitarian state, mm-hmm. which yep. is the antithesis of communism or socialism. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm going to pull something up to to prove that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, 
Give me one second. So he he needs better people on his staff because he doesn't know how to tweet. Okay. And I'll give you an example. On uh, let's see. So Representative Madison Cawthorn on what is this? This was this was March 18th of last year. Okay. Uh, from today we reflect on the evils of socialism and the power of collective liberty on the 100th anniversary of the Kronstadt revolution we remember the men and women who valued freedom and fought to preserve their liberties against a socialist state right and that includes the resolution right commemorating the 100 year uh, of the social state so here's the problem do you guys know what the Kronstadt revolution was because I didn't I don't know about it no Nope, not a fuck, not not a fucking clue, right? But here's the rub: is that um, the Kronstadt Revolution was basically a group of, I believe it was sailors in the Soviet Union that rejected the um, the the Soviet regime and wanted to get back to the true roots of you know communist councils and equality at least in their version so twitter jumped all over this fucking guy so he without knowing it he introduced a resolution praising people who wanted to get rid of the soviet union in favor of a pure form of communism and socialism and <laughs> yeah yeah this is this is the first two resolutions of the kronstadt movement in view of the fact that the present soviets do not express the will of the workers and peasants immediately to hold new campaigns by or new elections by secret ballot the pre-election campaign to have full freedom of agitation among the workers and peasants. Number two, to establish freedom of speech and press for workers and peasants for anarchists and left socialist parties. So, yeah, he doesn't re- he doesn't know how to read, basically, or nobody told him that. Wasn't it a meme? You only read headlines. Meme, so, Come on. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. True. All right. All right. You know the rule of seven. You can never read more than seven words at a time. This is true. This is true. Okay, so that's Cruz and Cawthorn, and that's CPAC. And once upon a time, the, that was the craziest thing you could think would be said in a microphone by an, by elected officials. But no, now we're going to shift to AFPAC. Uh, oh, dude, I, okay, I, I just got to say, I'm so glad I don't live with my roommates that I lived with last year because you know again i work in churches so my roommates were part of that church uh they were part of the louder with crowder mug club and on jan 6 when i was like i was like point out like you realize how crazy this shit is they're like yeah this is great and i'm like holy fuck you know joe i forgot to ask last time like when was your liberation your true liberation. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, I wanna, this is going in the extras. I want to hear about this, Joe's Joe's liberation story. Okay, so I joined this like you know ultra right wing Christian cult almost in Texas. Uh, what in 2010, and then in 2012 I got kicked out because I didn't raise enough money, and then I ended up going to college. At, uh, in Sacramento to a Christian college to get my degree in youth ministry. And yeah, while I was there, I was actually taught how to actually read the Bible. <laughs> and then, and yeah, like actually like how to do like exegesis, how to like look at the text in its original language. It's one of the reasons why I have Greek tattooed on my forearm. And uh, yeah, it's... So, 
let's see, in college, between that and then also having some really good friends who are like actually challenging me on my thoughts and trying to challenge me to think deeper about about a mutual friend between me and Matt. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of made me start thinking about things. And then after I graduated college, I moved up to Oregon, worked for a production company up in Oregon, where I was working like 120 hours a week. So I was completely isolated, completely alone from anybody. Kind of the worst part of my life. And I was realized like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like right around, this was like right around the time where the 2016 election was really kicking off. Um, originally, I was looking at trying to vote for Ted Cruz. In, this is like early tw- like 2015. <laughs> Raffy, baby. Mr. Raphael. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, in 2015, he tweeted, you know, one of his dumb tweets, as he always does, about how uh, net neutrality was Obamacare for the internet. And I was like, yeah. And, and I flat out was like, this is completely not the same thing at all made me actually think about it. So I was like, okay, well then who am I going to vote for? So I tried asking Reddit about what Donald Trump's platform was. And all I got was called a cup. Yeah, that's Reddit. Literally literally for just asking what his platform was. And, uh, and and, and, to be fair, (laughs) that is his platform. Exactly. His platform but is that Joe's a cuck? <laughs> to call people Pretty much. names and there's no actual substance to it. That's fair. That's fair. But really, like, what, what was important to me, like, my, like my faith was important to me. Like, the things that, like, I really believed about my faith were, like, the actual like beautiful parts of faith, like about compassion and caring for one and treating other people and caring for the poor. And you know what I saw that out of all the political candidates in 2016 was in Bernie Sanders. And so I started getting into realizing what Bernie Sanders platform was and realizing, Oh, this is all what I should be championing. Uh, And then as well um, in 2017, I moved back to Sacramento and I was working for a production company out here. We were doing events at the state capitol all the time with the nurses union. And I got a chance to meet and hang out with Nina Turner. Oh. And yeah, she's a badass. Huh. She's a badass. So, Damn, dude. Um, and she, I mean, she's like true progressive. And uh, yeah, just kind of getting to talk with her and realizing it's like, oh, this is what it means to actually like propose policies to care for people and like that's what it actually means it doesn't mean like handing change to the homeless guy on the corner it means like how do we enact policies that he's not homeless in the first place teach a man to fish exactly teach a man to fish and i'll call you a goddamn socialist (laughs) teach a man to fish and give him give him a shelter so that way he's not you know out in the cold yeah yeah absolutely or or teach a man to fish and that's crt <laughs> exactly. Critical, crit- but yeah. So that's my story. Critical angling theory. There we go. Oh, and then also just for <laughs> for more context, I currently work for two churches. That's cool. Nothing wrong yeah, with that. I, I Nothing that. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just so. I mean, my family is very connected to the world of psychology and psychiatry. So, uh, my sister, who 
Bruce is dating. She's about to graduate with her residency in psychiatry. My dad's Oh, shit. There you go. Yeah. So Congrats nice. to her. It's it's just in my blood to be interested in why people do the things they do and why they change, why they don't change. Um, so that's why I ask all these questions. And no, yeah, it also helps me be non-judgmental. Like, I really don't care how you live your life as long as you're not hurting people or running around uh, to Cancun when, <laughs> when you're supposed to be uh, helping people. Helping Seriously. the marginalized people at that, like that, that shit just makes me so angry. Like, uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Let's let's then, get back then, to, but, to see. Well, and then so. he had the balls. The people, he had the balls to come back and do a photo op handing out water. Yeah, seriously. Mm. But, but like the nice thing, like for me, is like I get the chance to be a part of like challenging people's beliefs like when like so like when my volunteer was bringing up about you know how russia was still communist and godless and i was like no hold on i I push back on that and like actually try to get them to think through things but at the same time it's like how could like i'm like even though i'm just the tech guy at our church like i'm kind of helping push our church like okay how can we you know there's a lot of ukrainian churches in the sacramento area how can we help them out because you know they're probably worried sick about their families so it's like how can we help alleviate their burden you know it's not for us to solve their problems for them but how can we just be there for them thanks for being a true christian seriously yeah I mean, because it really is about the people. And I mean, like, I'm not a, I guess I'm a very interesting person religious-wise, but, um, like, it really is about the people. And I think that's the core thing. Like, it, you know, it doesn't matter what religion you, you ascribe to. It doesn't matter Seriously. what deity you ascribe to. Like, really, all, all, all the core of most religions is about the people. It's about treating people right. It's about treating people the way you'd want to be treated. And, like, that's all it's about. So, like, Most I, of Christianity my, my, is corrupted with capitalism. Exactly. And it's and see for me, like it's all for me. It's about like I, I want to treat the person that's next to me like how I'd want to be treated, period. Shouldn't, there, there, needs to, there needs to be no cost to that. What, when uh, so at the church that I work full time at right now, when I first started, one of the younger guys who's one of the volunteers, he's actually now on staff with us as well. He asked me, he was like, okay, now do you really follow Jesus or do you follow GOP Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> They are not the same things. And I would actually no, argue they are, not. they are not the same religions. No, no, they are not. They definitely are not. American American Christian nationalism is far different than what real Christianity is supposed to be. Jo- Joe, we're going to do a mini-series on this. I'm going to call it Joe's Journey. This is this is actually pretty interesting. We're gonna do our <laughs> sounds like fun. We're gonna nice. do our own thing. This is gonna be good. We're gonna go to Texas and visit some churches. So, oh, I have I have my journal from my time at, uh, when I was in Texas. Oh hell Jesse and yeah! I were talking about Jesse and I were talking about doing a podcast going through that. Oh dude, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that offline. Yeah, I would I would love to see if I can get in on that. Okay, so you guys are competing with Vice now. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right. See, the, oh, do, you know this is gonna be the Joe's journey, the mini episode. We're gonna, I'm gonna release this next week. This is gonna be good. All right. Getting back from our not sponsored break. Um, yeah. Like I said, uh, we're gonna shift. We're gonna get to AFPAC. We're gonna get to the America First Political Action Conference, and uh, we're gonna talk to about um, another U.S. representative, somebody in an actual seat of power who decided to take it upon themselves to speak at a conference of white nationalists, people who are explicitly white nationalists. 
Um, and there were a few. There, there, there was more than you know. There was more than one elected official who did this. To be clear, but the one that I haven't explicitly paid attention to on this show, and the one that I just felt like talking about today, was none other than Georgia representative or U.S. rep from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Motherfucking Green. Yeah, yeah, Marjorie. Oh, this yeah. silly person, Miss Jewish Space Lasers herself. All right. So, Green gave a little speech at AFPAC, uh, introduced personally by Fuentes, who moments before was leading a chant of Putin, by the way. So, just point that out. Yeah, like, he did hooray, this. Putin? Just yes, Putin? yes. So, so, so he just Putin, Putin. Yeah, 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 like yeah. it was literally that. Yeah, and and there were comments he made. Like, and I know what he's doing. He's he's tr- he's halfway trolling and he's halfway serious. But he was making comments like, you know, people are comparing Putin to Hitler. Like that's a bad thing. And I he's doing it for for clicks. I know he is. But I he probably feels that way too because that's his double shit. speed. Yeah, no double speed. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, Green, she gave that speech uh, and later claimed when challenged about uh, speaking at that venue, she claimed that she had no idea that Nick Fuentes and his uh, Groiper army were white nationalists. She said she was just there to speak to young people about America first stuff. So just keep that in mind, her denials, as we listen to as we go through this. So first off, doesn't she call <laughs> Joe Biden sleepy Joe? So how did, I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> yeah yeah she's yeah she's feigning ignorance yes so i that 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 defense is probably not going to hold water as we listen to her words so first up uh green um talks about those america first values but not before she establishes her bona fide with these christ bros well hello canceled americans You know, I'm thrilled to be here with you tonight, and I'll tell you why. I think I need to talk to you about who I am and what I see as the future for our country and the future for all of you. You see, you might know me as a member of Congress, but you need to know me a little bit better. My name is Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am the daughter of the King, the one true living God, the Alpha, the Omega, our Father in Heaven, and I am a forgiven sinner washed in the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Fascism comes wrapped in a Bible and the American flag, baby. Praise God. Amen. Christ is King. Joe, is Christ King? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, I was actually listening to a really good Christian podcast uh, today called The Holy Post. And one of the questions they were asking is, in order to do a test if your church is Christian nationalist or an actual Christian church, is if there's a flag on your stage, remove the flag and see what people do. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, like an American flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there shouldn't be anything up there, really. Right, that's like idolatry or something, right? You can't do that. It is idolatry. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. I that 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 chanting too. That's so fucking cringy. You know. I I mean, I mean, Jesus forgave her, but I'm not gonna. Uh, Wait, only the chanting is cringy. Not saying I, that she's the daughter 
of the one and only alpha and omega like what that that well, shit is weird that yeah i mean i kind of guess i gave her credit for that being sort of a christian thing but i guess i should ask joe, joe is that is that like an actual christian sentiment like the, that concept oh oh absolutely okay. like that's okay. that's definitely like something like that's like what people would say to get the crowd on their side okay okay it's like a trigger exactly it it's a it's a good it's a good way to get something started so that way the crowd's already with you they're already rolling along it's a gimme wait wait so you can can pay tithes and offerings right after that by the way pass the basket wait a minute so to be clear that in this arrangement uh marjorie taylor green is the headliner and god is the hype man how did Pretty much, or I guess in her mind, she's the hype man for God, but she's totally just utilizing his name to hype herself up. Okay, interesting. Okay, all right. So now that Green has 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 hyped herself up and the audience along with her, um, you know, and prime, she's going to go ahead and prime her audience, her mostly white male young audience, uh, with some good old fashioned anti communist um, war fearing rhetoric. Now, we are the fortunate ones to be born as Americans, but we have a serious issue going forward, ladies and gentlemen. You see, it's my parents' generation, it's my generation that has failed this youth generation. The generation of my children, my children are 18, 22, and 24 years old, and I am so afraid for their future, I'm afraid for your future. You see, you've been handed something you shouldn't have been handed. You've been handed the responsibility to stand up and fight for our Constitution and stand for our freedoms and stop the Democrats who are the Communist Party of the United States of America. Examples? Wait, doesn't that con- did she contradict herself? Yeah, she said shouldn't have been handed. But even right? more so, yeah, if you're like, Christian. You've been called to something bigger. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. So so I don't know if you guys all caught that part. If you're Christian, you've been called to something bigger. Okay? Uh, I, I can't think of many instances where a conspiracy theorist stands at a podium telling Christians they've been called to something bigger and it works out for the best. I, yeah. Just, uh, I don't know... I don't like where she's going with this. I don't know. So not looking good. No, 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 no. And yeah, right. The the idea is like you know you shouldn't have been saddled with it, but it's your responsibility to fight against the Democrats who are the communists. By the way, you know. Um, so so is that what she's saying? Like you've been put in this position against your will. Yeah. Well, the exactly. Yeah, and the and the idea that is you. And what she's saying is you've inherited it, which is kind of funny because if you reframe it another way, she's not wrong. She's saying that the gen, this generation, presumably like very, very young millennials or zoomers, uh, you've inherited, shall we say, um, a mess from the older generations. Now, if that's all she was saying, and that was just, you know, like very vague rhetoric, I was just like, I could come up with some examples where that's true actually i but she's saying that it's because her generation hasn't done enough to fight the communists or something like that um i think is where she's going with this and christians are being called upon presumably by god to fight the communists i think is what she's saying 
It's interesting. Well, well yeah, uh, it's because so it's because there's like a weird dichotomy that this is both America and not America because Amer the real America is supposed to be a, a shining city on a hill, right? Ah, so it yes, can do no it yes. can do no wrong because it's just an an idea. It's not you know anything tangible. Nice pull. You, know, you don't have nice to deal pull. with the reality. That, of like that goes all the way back to the Puritans. Yeah. How how does that no, exactly. square with Mormonism? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I'll out myself. I was raised in the LDS, uh, or as most would know, with the Mormon Church. But that's another. I'll talk about that another day. That's. <laughs> uh, if you, it, I think it's also very interesting that. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to catch no, you. No, no, go, that. go. Uh, um, I just think it's very interesting because, like, this theme seems to come up all the time, like, throughout, I guess, right wing, uh, I guess, abhorrence towards, like, communism. And I think what really explains that isn't necessarily the economic system. It isn't the political system. It's literally the fact that in order for communism to exist, communism seeks to get rid of religion because communism considers religion, the opiate of the masses, it considers religion, a distraction to the average person and a, a what is it's basically a liability. So like, ultimately, obviously, if you're a religion, you're going to be diametrically opposed to this perspective. Um, I mean, that's really the crux of it. Otherwise, communists and um, Christian nationalists have a lot in common. I'm just saying, Com so, com like real communism calls out the, uh, the Christian nationalism side of it, like the, the getting rid of all the money side of it and getting rid of the organized religion side of it. And just like focus on the doing good part of it. Yeah. At the very least. I mean, at least if, if it was actually practiced as humans could actually practice, exactly. you know, which is really funny because like religion, as we discussed a few episodes ago, actually, um, one of the big sort of marriages in the United States between Christianity and economics and the government actually came in the form of people rejecting um, these like um, sort of like, uh, shall we say, like brutal capitalist tendencies in favor of more social programs like that. The pastors sold the New Deal in part to the American people and and. Part of the Christian nationalism that we see today was a response to that, was a rejection of the churches embracing the social programs for reasons that would be considered more, you know, in line with Christianity, at least if, you know, you're following the text, right? And, and it's 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 quite an interesting thing to see how that played out, you know? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Americans, man. We're, we're, we're good at this. We're, we're good at fucking things. Imagine, yeah. imagine if we never imprisoned Eugene Debs and let him uh, actually run for president. No, no, I don't want to hear that crazy bullshit. No. Must be a stinking communist over yep, here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, also in the early 20th century to the mid 20th century to the late 20th century, like uh, like we did everything we could to stomp out socialists and trade unionists and communists like we crushed them collectively. And this is the funny part. Left wing. Yes. Yes. And this is the this is the funny part. This is the part that people don't understand. This is a little I'm going to do a little divergence here. So, you know how when people talk about like free speech, uh, the limits of free speech in the United States, I, I this is for the listeners. We're all an educated group. We four. we probably know this, but um, we talk about um, the example of a court case that had to do with um, shouting uh, fire. You can't shout fire in a theater. Okay. That's the classic example that everybody gives. The limit to free speech. You can't do that. 
But most people don't know actually where that comes from. If memory serves, and you know, I'm going to do this on the fly, so correct me on Twitter if you can. I believe it was a, a it was against a socialist by the name of Charles Schenck. And this was the early 20s, the early 1920s. In essence, what this man did was he was uh, handing out flyers uh, that were trying to get people to oppose the draft because he was, you know, World War One and all that stuff, right? So he was he was handing out flyers, getting people to oppose the draft. And he was also a high-ranking member of the Socialist Party of the United States, okay? So he was arrested uh, on federal charges. I believe it was like sedition charges or something serious, okay? And he appealed all the way to the Supreme Court saying that it was within his First Amendment rights to hand out these flyers. And the court case actually ruled against him you see, so that case that that sort of codified through case law the uh, idea of the limits to free speech wasn't in protection of somebody, but it was actually damning them to a lengthy federal prison sentence. So, just as a by the way, a lot of our free speech case law has to do with uh, the United States crushing left wing dissent. So, just want to point that out to everybody. Just just as a by the way. So much for a liberal democratic order, huh? Yeah, and again, I did that completely on the fly. I might have fucked up a few details, but I'm committed to that's basically what happened. So, you know, come at me, Twitter. So, anyways, yes. Uh, so, yeah, we're only, we're, we're like, like one clip in. So where was I? Um, back to green. So green, uh, now she's going to reinforce her art, uh, her argument. All right. Uh, with a long winded callback to a Pelosi meme from last year, and then a declaration of evil. Our country has gone down a road that we should have never gone down. We have gone down the road of staying silent and allowing sin to take root and to destroy the very fabric, the moral fabric of our society. We are now a country, and I can't even believe to, that I'm a part of this, but I'm a part of Congress, where on the first day where I was sworn in, the rules that we voted on destroyed gender. And I have to tell you how heartbreaking that was to me, because on the walls of the United States House Chamber, where I work every single day, it says, and it's engraved in the walls above the Speaker's desk, it says, in God we trust. But on the first day of Congress, we voted on rules, and in the rules that we voted on, and I voted no, it destroyed God's creation because it destroyed gender. And the reason why that's so appalling is because in Genesis, it tells us that God created us in his image, male and female, he created us. But you know what happened that day? The Democrats who control the United States Congress said that gender no longer matters. There's no such thing as male and female, no such thing as mother, father, sister, brother, grandfather, grandfather, and so on. They destroyed family names, they destroyed pronouns. And I knew from that day forward that everything that this Congress does that I am tragically heartbroken to be a part of is evil. And it's been a heartbreaking situation. Yeah, you. What was that, Bruce? The the obvious thing that she should have said. You could literally always resign in protest. I mean, people have done it throughout history in the United States, and uh, you know, for stupid or not stupid reasons. And like you know, there's nothing stopping you. The freedom to literally leave. Yeah, yeah. Embrace the free market. You know, go private. No one stops her. So. Uh, are you going to enlighten us to what the hell she was talking about, Matt? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> 
I uh, will actually. Yes. Last so. I checked, I think gender is still a very real thing. Well, well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that one real quick, and then I, I have a question um, for for Joe because I'm not as familiar with it. I knew you knew this was coming, Joe, because I saw you rolling your eyes. But we'll get we'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> so okay, so what Green is literally referring to. All right. For those of us who don't remember, there uh, there's this long debunked claim that made the rounds in social media. More memes uh, that uh, gender um, gender specific pronouns um, as opposed to gender neutral pronouns were banned from any type of communication or discourse within uh, the congressional chamber. Think like as soon as you enter a building, it would technically be like against the rules to say he uh, his or her. Right. That's the claim. And this comes from like January of 2021. So uh, in fact, what happened was the Democrat led house voted in favor of eliminating um, gender uh, or excuse me, replacing gender pronouns with gender neutral pronouns in one document. That document outlines the congressional rules. It's voted on every year. Okay, and in no way does this say that you can't say the words mother or father. This is like the big thing that conservatives like to say that you're not allowed to say them so the big meme worthy news that year was that pelosi stood in the congressional chamber after those rule changes and declared herself a wife a mother a grandmother and a daughter but not a bitch or a lover much to the disapproval of alanis morissette but you know can't have everything so (laughs) (laughs) ha ha yes i know i'll never be a stand-up comedian so now i really have to question can marjorie taylor green read she can't I, <laughs> I really I have, have no to proof. question that because she's claiming that oh I voted on it and blah blah blah. Like, can you read though? Like, <laughs> do you know what you voted on? She read a meme. She- I mean, it, I mean, I li- I'm like literally like so. <laughs> for for any listeners out there, look. So there are protect these things called protected classes, federal protected classes. Um, Congress can't just end that. Like there's a whole process for that. So uh, like one of these protected classes is literally sex, including gender, pregnancy, sexual orientation, and gender identity. So how could they destroy gender in Congress? And why would anyone listen to this rabid bat shit woman? <laughs> she, she, I mean, and, and that's the point though, isn't it? It's just like, look, I mean, okay. She ran, she, in effect, she ran unopposed. Her democratic, um, uh, opponent basically dropped out, um, in effect before the, uh, before the general election even happened in that district in Georgia. But to be clear, the, the Republican, um, candidate in that district historically gets like 75% of the vote. It's a, it's, it's very safe for her to run as long as she wins the primary, you know? So, which I guess was a surprise board, but yeah. So this whole, like taking, taking this debunked claim, this meme, if you will, and turning that into like, you know, basically she's saying it's a war on, she's saying it's a war on God because she's conflating the idea of gender pronouns, which she's misrepresenting with, you know, uh, defying God's will or something like that. So I, I, you know, as from a secular point of view, obviously I reject that out of hand because that's factually incorrect what she's saying. That being said, in terms of Christian 
theology, shall we say. I, I, uh, I, Joe, I know Christianity is a giant fucking tent, and I'm asking you to speak on behalf of countless denominations here. But I, I the, all the, Christians across the entire of, planet Earth, all of them, bro, all of them. But the sanctity of the concept of gender pronouns and, and gender identity and things like that. I mean, I, it, it, it anything because I, I feel like the church has better things to do, like you know, clothe the, you know, clothe and feed the poor. Yeah, well, I personally agree with you on that one. Um, just because like one of the questions I, I like to ask people is, okay, if God in, in, in your mind, God is male, right? That's why I use the he pronoun for God. So, but you say that God made man and woman in his image. So what part of God is the woman? Ooh, that makes, that makes my uh, heteronormative masculine head hurt, Joe. Exactly. And it's like, and also it's like the the biggest point is just because these people don't do any sort of research whatsoever it it's they i mean she's a biblical literalist you know not understanding that genesis was poetry not a historical book ah uh, god damn it god damn it, it this, this <laughs> god damn contextualization I, it's just ugh. that's why they applied on the supreme court cuz they don't want to read the shit directly either yeah yeah or, or interpret appropriately rather uh, don't get and don't even get me started on scalia and the concept of originalist uh constitutional interpretation i don't even want to go there but and how that led to the voting rights act largely being gutted which has led us to our current predicament around uh gerrymandering and voting rights around the country mm-hmm. they were all like fuck section five we don't need pre look you know why do we need pre-approval everybody nothing bad has happened since the voting rights act has happened and so we'll get rid of the thing that kind of proves our point that it was necessary you know i think somebody somebody gave me an example it's like it's like the idea of like um there's a you're in the middle of a storm and it stops raining for 20 minutes so you know because that umbrella while it was raining uh, kept you dry, you can just get rid of the umbrella because you never got wet in the first place. You know? Sounds like COVID, right? Yeah. It, I mean, that's ultimately why libertarianism never will work. Because, like, y- you know, the only time you n- you don't need regulations is when regulations is working. True. True. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm very critical of libertarians because to me, libertarianism is basically just uh it's just like it's like fake anarchy essentially it's like i want organized anarchy is what i want you know (laughs) you know i don't i don't want the government involved in anything because i can do it or we can do it ourselves i want corporate anarchy okay exactly like i mean if anyone's played cyberpunk 2077 like the that environment that whole glitzy shitty environment for everyone else that's libertarianism for you sorry that's what it is. Libertarians just love that taste of rubber. They just gotta find a boot to lick. Wait, so to be so to be clear, libertarianism is is gonna be like narrated by Keanu Reeves. What? I mean, if he's in your head, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't played it. I, I so nah. Keanu Reeves is too nice of a guy. He's like, yeah, he is. I bet he, he actually he actually does a good job of taking care of people. Fair, fair. 
Totally not a libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> John Wick, best bad movie series in history. Just going to say that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, green, but yeah, green, however, she's got no time for John wick because she steps it up guys. She steps up a notch. All right. And now she's going to call on another favorite of, of, uh, the neo-fascists, um, which is transphobia. Now I want you to know I have stood boldly for the truth. And because I have stood boldly that there are only two genders, male and female, I am attacked every single day. I even have a sign outside my office that says there's only two genders, male and female. Trust the science. It's, it's pretty simple. But it matters to me, and I'll tell you why. As an American woman, I'm very proud to be an American woman. I don't live in another country where I'm treated like a dog. I am a proud American woman. I can own a gun. I graduated from college. I've been a successful business owner. I'm a wife, and I'm a mother. And being a mother is the greatest thing I will ever do in my lifetime. Note the clapping for that part. Note that. And because I'm a mother, and I have two daughters, and I have a son, I will fight very hard, as hard as I possibly can, to keep biological men out of our bathrooms, out of our sports, out of women's privacy. Discrimination. Segregation. And I'm also fighting hard for an America that will stand up for that truth. Stand up for that truth. Yeah, we went That's back to white council shit yeah, right there. Yeah, That's we white w- citizens council shit right there. Yeah, we went back to bathrooms again. We're 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 back to that again. Bathroom bills. So that's that's good that that's apparently never going to stop being a, um, a talking point for them. Yeah, yeah. Welcome but you know, you notice how she also slips between the dichotomy again of like the real America. Like she does, that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about her fictional um, fictionalized version of America, and because we don't live there, that's why it's the green light to go ahead and fight you know with everything that you have against the liberal agenda. Is that why every other? country would treat her like a dog (laughs) yeah i I mean it sounds like everyone in her fictionalized world sniffs markers i don't know (laughs) like that's what just i don't i just it's just weird to me well and the people that she speaks to they've you know essentially isolated themselves from the world in their own little communities Mm. you know and you know again i was a part of one of those kind of communities like Slightly off topic. Do we have numbers on the attendees at AFPAC? Uh, well, let's find out how many attended. We're gonna do this live. How many attended AFPAC? There we go. Uh, off the top of my head, no. I can tell you, it's like it. It can. It fills no more than one like hotel ballroom. Um, in Orlando, they, Florida. Yeah. So they never show the crowd like ever for a few reasons. Um, holiday in having worked those kind of events like yeah hotel ballrooms great like it could be a single like tiny ballroom that's like a a narrow hallway almost to being like a grand ballroom but i doubt it would be a grand ballroom for something yeah also i can see like because of their affiliation you wouldn't necessarily want to show the crowd because people will lose their jobs exactly exactly yeah so i get it right right yeah, like those Patriot Front guys who wear those fucking masks that 
showed up in Philadelphia at midnight and got their asses whipped by like the whole city. <laughs> I mean, why would you show up with dumb shit like that in Philadelphia? You know better than that dumb shit. Yeah, I mean they they'll whip your ass for anything. Show up in a show up in a Patriots jersey, anything. You know, <laughs> they're not about that shit. Not about that, John. So, I mean, none of those Johns. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there was actually, um, there was a theory, we talked about this in a different show, um, where the people were making the rounds saying that the Patriot front was actually just a bunch of feds, and it was all bullshit, trying to make the, the, the Patriot movement look bad or something like that, which is... Oh, after they weird. got their ass whooped, yeah. 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 Oh, by the way, I'm going to work this one right into the middle. Uh, our conspiracy theory of the week. I like yes. it. Yes, 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 yes. Let me pull yes. this up real quick. Uh, Anna actually texted this to me. Shout out to Anna. Where are we here? Hold on. Hold woot, on. Woot, Anna. I'll find it. Uh, ta, 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 ta. She shows me a lot of stuff. You're the real conspiracy one, Anna. Yeah, right, right. I'm going to pull it up on my computer. But basically, um, there's a conspiracy going around that the entire war in Russia and Ukraine um, was, is covered to destroy a bioweapons lab. Or several bioweapons. Oh, I heard that. You heard about this? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, baby. Ooh, this is a new one to me. Okay, so USA Today by Ella Lee. All right, here we go. Wait, this is in USA Today? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean. They're not so reputable. Yeah. No, I I assure you. That's just the first one that came up. I assure you this is is legit. Um, So... Basically, da, 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 post shared to Facebook on Thursday shows a map of Ukraine pinpointing what the poster asserts are, quote, exclusive U.S. bio labs in Ukraine that are funded by the U.S. Department of Defense uh, from the meme, quote, by now, I think everybody knows about Ukraine slash World War Three. So what do we know about this? And it goes on to say basically what it goes on to say is that this entire war was a false flag or a pretext to destroy bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And the assumption there being it has something to do with COVID is is what I think they're going with this. So, so Russia's the good guy in this? In I don't well are they willing patsies in this? I mean what 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 are they I'm not quite sure what the goal here is. So yeah. to lick Putin's ass. I mean, like it just seems like it keeps kind of circling right back to the same uh, uh, output to me. It's like you know, it ultimately seeks to make Russia look good, which we've already established mm-hmm. is because you know, basically, well, that's a whole other story. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> now we can we can get into that. that. That's a series of episodes right there. You know, we can take it there. Why why far right American figures have embraced Putin and now they have to backtrack? Yeah. The, the the Putin to Trump to right wing media pipeline. Uh-huh. Oh no 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 the uh, the the Stephen Crowder to Trump to Putin to right wing media. See we're 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 going Wagner Group <laughs> Wagner Group. <laughs> yep, we're going full circle. So yes yes so that's making the round. So I just thought I'd share that with y'all. That was kind of funny. Oh, and Snopes had that like six days ago. So just as a by the way, they also call bullshit on that. Uh, people are saying that this is actually being propagated by uh, Russian uh, government. So that's fun. <sighs> Anyways. Get- oh, human beings. Yeah, yeah. We're not worth saving. So getting back to it. All right. So, um, yeah, Green. Um, oh, right. You remember I, uh, when I said that she uh, listened to that applause when Green said that being a mother was the was the greatest thing she's ever done, right? So... 
That's actually kind of interesting because uh, one could actually draw the inference, first of all, that green values women who have children over women who do not. And there's, that's really problematic on the face of it. But here's the other. That's very true from the church. Right? Right? Like, like it, it, you do not exist unless you are married and reproducing. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Um, I don't know if she knew this or not. In fact, I'll bet she actually didn't. But a long-standing tenet of white supremacist uh, ideology in the United States, which is married inexorably to Christian nationalism and Christian dominionism, is the idea that a woman's primary function is to give birth to more white men. Right? So... I'm not surprised that the AFPAC crowd cheered that part so loud, and I bet that Green didn't even realize what she had just said there. She basically said, I'm proud to be a broodmare for the white race, you know, at least as far as her audience. Seven words. Yep. Uh, uh, 14 words, actually. Yes. Yeah, you're right. 14. You're at the 14 words. 14 words, baby. Bet you MAGA folks didn't know I knew about that, huh, fuckers? (laughs) Yep. Oh, God. For those of you who don't know the 14 words, we must secure, quote, we must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. Yeah, that's that was a that was a slogan coined, according to the Anti-Defamation League, by David Lane, who's like old school 20th century um, white supremacist. He was a member of the order. You guys know those you guys remember uh, uh, back in the day, those guys that robbed all those armored cars and banks and stuff. They dropped a yeah. They dropped an armored car in Northern California for like a few million bucks. Um, yeah. So just as a fun fact there. So yeah. Uh, so she's done with that, um, volunteering herself to give birth to more white warriors or something like that. But I mean, like really, that's kind of the woman's primary value in like the patriarchal you know system that she that she's in. I mean. It was considered a revolutionary thought when I was in college realizing it's like, oh, women aren't just baby glorified baby factories. Like, I remember that being a profound thought. True, true. I mean, that's pretty fucked up. I could apply that to the patriarchy in general, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, that actually makes me a little bit sad to hear that there's people out there being programmed to think that on a uh daily basis. Yeah. that that's like like the the church like the church's mentality and the rights mentality is like yes women you can participate in society but your main purpose is to get married produce babies and to shut up and listen to your man yep sounds about right sounds about right and uh green whether she knows it or not she's reinforcing that that belief um and she's just getting started with that said next up Cancel culture and genocide in the United States. Because it's, it has gotten too far. We cannot be a country that allows truth to be destroyed. We cannot be a country that allows gender to be destroyed. There are only two genders, male and female, and it's important for us to stand for that vital truth. Because if we can't stand up for God's creation, then how are we going to ever stand up for the unborn? The unborn, thank you. Yes, cheer for them. You see, abortion is genocide. And you want to talk about people who are canceled? Those people are canceled. Over 63 million people just here in our country. But they have the right to happiness. They have the right to life. But the Democrat Party doesn't believe so. They call abortion women's health care. And this is appalling. 
That is not health care, it's murder. Until they're born, you actually gotta take care of them. Now we have to do everything we can to stand up for the unborn, because when we can end abortion, our nation will truly heal. And I believe that's when we can return to all the good things that we have been promised as Americans, but we have to be the ones that stand up for it. So, yeah. I mean, let's let's completely ignore the fact that when you educate people that the abortion rate goes down, like when you educate people how to protect themselves and their partners, that the abortion rate goes down because, you know, unwanted pregnancies go down. You pinko commie motherfucker. I don't, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? I don't want to hear that shit. All right? Apparently, according to Marjorie Taylor Green of Georgia, <laughs> abortion will cure racism. Can't believe it. Yeah. Never knew. <laughs> We never knew. Yep. By getting it'll, rid of it'll heal the nation. Yes. By getting rid of abortion, we we will we will fix shit. Okay. We're gonna fix shit. It it still boggles my mind how uh, like Christians are like so a part of of this because like the traditional belief is that life didn't begin until God's breath entered your lungs, which. You know, viability, right? And then at the same time, like when you look in the Old Testament, it like there's literally like if you uh, think that your woman has been unfaithful, give her this concoction and it'll make her have an abortion. No shit. Yeah. Huh. They had the morning after pill in the in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that's why we don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I just I just love how like their whole thing is like follow the science and yet it's just like and yet you don't you just like to cherry pick little data points. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And abortion is murder, uh apparently, and like you said, we got to get rid of it so we can get back to the good things that we were promised as Americans specifically, like infant mortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we have to, quote, stand up for it, you know? So just to be clear, right, taken in total, I'd say that everything she said so far could easily be interpreted as a call to action, one that's couched in religious Christian zeal, you know? Um, and if you call it, so if you're calling it murder, okay, and we take that at face value, and you're saying that, and, you know, going back to the beginning of what she was saying was it's like Christians are being called to something bigger to themselves, right? Um, and we take that at face value. And then we consider that, you know, uh, the idea is that abortion is happening and it is still, you know, for the most part legal, um, theoretically, depending on which state you're in. I mean, I mean, we're, we're all a little too young maybe to remember in real time when like abortion doctors were being fucking assassinated, you know, like people were being murdered over this shit, you know? And just like, so, and she's talking to a generation of people who are at least as young as us, probably younger, you know? And I, I just feel like it, this is going to go very badly. Like I'm, I'm dreading the day when I open up, you know, my browser and I see like, you know, fucking abortion doctor killed in Montana or some crazy bullshit. You know, it's, nobody learns from history, I guess. So. They do. They just choose not to. Like all these politicians, all the well, maybe not MTG. She's a little special, but. 
for some of these other ones that are, you know, Ivy League educated and everything like that, they very much know the they know the lessons of history. But what they're really doing is they're seeking to exploit those lessons of history. Like they're seeking to make sure that you don't know the lessons of history so that they can then profit from your lack of knowledge. That's what it is. I mean, they very much know what they're doing. They're not dumb. Yeah. Disinformation the, the capitalism. Thing that I still the thing that I still can't wrap my head around is like the people who are like at the top, like the, like what is their, what is their motive? Like, right. Like what in her mind, like what are the, what are they trying to get at? Like, and why I should say, why are they trying to get at I, it? I don't think Marjorie is a fair example. Almost like what Bruce was saying. Like she, she's an outlier. And so is, uh, the, the young woman from Colorado. Like they don't, they're like the extreme <laughs> um, and they're very obviously not smart, not educated. And they're just kind of, they're a product of their environment. They're parroting stuff they've been indoctrinated to believe in. They don't even know why they believe it. They just feel moved. They're, they're purely driven on emotion, uh, no logic whatsoever. And, you know, we're always going to have people like that in the world. Um, it just, it sucks when they reach positions of power because people start to listen to them. Like when she talks about Jewish space lasers and the, the problem is she's kind of not wrong. Like there is an Israeli defense program that uses lasers, but it's not what people think it is. Like people think that they can like snipe you out the sky with their lasers and that's just not what it is. But you know, she's taking these bits and pieces of information and her not completely understanding itself thinks she's doing the right thing by like exposing it to the people, but she doesn't realize that she's doing way more harm than good because the people she's talking to are just like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's that's the main problem is that like she is people like her do not understand the damage they're doing because they look at their their level of influence and they think that i okay look you know it's like we play this game like zealot versus grifter i actually believe that she believes a lot of this crap you know yeah i mean the grift is there don't get me wrong but jay i think he touched on something is just like i believe that she believes a lot of this crap you know like however misled she is however much she misleads others however much she wants to stay in power and she wants to stay in congress regardless of that bullshit you know it's just like she 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 thinks that this shit is real you know she know she she will sort of tamp that down as much as she needs to um in response to public outcry because she wants to get reelected because yeah will i got to believe will? there's limits I, I think she's the type of person that doesn't have limits. She'll like, she'll martyr herself. And remember, I think we talked about this the other day with the, the people in Arizona. Like, I think, you know, she's kind of risen to her highest point. Uh, maybe people will come to terms, maybe they won't. But eventually she's going to end up just being some old lady yelling at her chandelier in her, her living room. Um, and it's actually more sad than anything because, like, the empathy in me wants to, like, sit her down and try and help her. But I think she's too far gone. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you there.
Yeah, it's like at some point you realize it's just so in there that there, I mean, there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she's I've literally invested. Convinced, I've only ever convinced one of my friends that has went down that rabbit hole to turn back. And it's, it's and like everyone says, like really difficult. Like once you're in there, like it's it's hard to, and, and you know, just Joe, just listening to your story. You know, like it's it. I can imagine it's just really difficult to get out of that, and especially when you're surrounded by it too. And, and I bet I bet you it wasn't just you know coming at your friend with you know just the facts and logic, but actually you know being there and having that relationship and you know calling him out on his bullshit, but also still not ditching him and you know throwing him aside. Oh, absolutely. Um, it 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 definitely was a a challenge, <laughs> but you know it. And then I guess that's I don't, I don't know if that's like how we can, you know, ultimately solve all of this. But, you know, that's for some for those that are out there that are listening. If you have somebody that's like that, at least try. You know, I think that is our responsibility. At least give it a shot. You know, we don't want to yeah. toss all these people to the side. Like these are still our our friends or our family. You know, they're our countrymen and our countrywomen. You know, they're just people on this planet. Like, you know, they deserve a chance. And like, you know, talk to them, give them a shot. But all, all that said, if they're on that bullshit, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, no, like, but like, like that's stuff that like I still find in the church, right? But it's like, at the same time, it's like I still like see what's going on with my team and just like go like, holy shit, how did we get so off base that we're so focused on these other things that never really mattered, and instead, it's like. The whole point of the church was never about the concert. It was never about the lecture. When you look in the Bible, what the church was supposed to be, it was always supposed to be about the community and lifting each other up and being for you know being there for, you know. You know what, Joe? You have to be Jesus. Just lead by example. Just keep doing what you do, and people will follow. Keep doing it, Joe. Exactly, Joe for Joe for Jesus. There we go. That's that's your <laughs> there we that, go. That's your podcast. There you go, Joe for Jesus. There we go. <laughs> I'd I like listen it all day. Dude, I would 100% listen to that. But you know who wouldn't listen to Joe for Jesus is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She wouldn't listen to that shit. And I'll tell you why. Because she is too busy trying to retcon America itself by declaring that last year, okay, there was no war, right? No conflicts. There was no inflation. And we were successfully building a border wall. Now let's talk a little bit further. We're also in dangerous times. You see, just over a year ago, we lived in a world of peace. We didn't have wars happening. We were living in good times. We didn't have inflation out of control. Gas prices weren't out of control. And our border was not being invaded every single day. We were building a wall and we were securing our border. And that's something we must return to. I think someone was literally hitting a tambourine at one point towards the end there. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I totally heard that. Yeah, you, can, you can hear that jingle. <laughs> I, I mean, I shouldn't have to say this, and I'm certain no one listening believes this, but the whole, I mean the whole no violent conflicts, no war going on a year ago, right? Um, that's bullshit. 
Um, I mean, look, there's a podcast that I also like. I highly recommend to everyone. It's called Popular Front. Uh, it's done by a conflict journalist by the name of Jake Hanrahan. He specializes on covering underreported conflicts around the world, from the African continent to Yemen to Ukraine since 2014 to Azerbaijan to Syria and countless other places. There was very much fucking war last year. Okay. Sudan, Ethiopia, yep. Eritrea. There's an ongoing conflict in Nigeria between Muslims and Christians. Uh, they're still missing the girls in Angola. I mean, where do we start? I mean, there's something happening. But they're in not Chad. white. Marjorie exactly. Taylor Greene does not care about black people. Oh shit! No. They they are not white, you, so she does not care. Jay, you just went full Kanye. <laughs> did did anyone else that watch one. that live? By the way, that 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 was that, shit. That particular moment in the the telecom or whatever. Doing. I saw it happen live. Yes. Holy shit. That was. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I I mean, well, they because they, they like you saw uh 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 let's say Mike Myers right he he turns to his, he turns and looks at this and it's like holy shit and then they cut to Tucker uh, to Chris Tucker and he's literally looking from side to side like what the fuck do I say? <laughs> I remember that. Oh my gosh. Oh god, good times, good fucking times. But yeah, 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 no, I mean, Jay, you hit on it. If it doesn't happen in America, specifically to white Americans, it's not in her fucking, it's not in her universe. It doesn't matter, you know? And also, Bruce, you mentioned the the whole building the wall thing. That's bu- that's fucking bullshit, you know? That's bullshit. The, the, the sections of the wall that got built were a goddamn joke. It took one bad storm to knock those shits out, right? And the only thing memorable to me about the border wall fiasco was the fact that Steve Bannon got arrested for grifting people who believed that they were donating to a private fund that was going to the construction of a border wall. He got arrested by the U.S. Postal Police. That's wow. awesome. Awesome. Just want to point that out. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was a pretty, pretty big shit show. Yeah, yeah, it's all fucking nonsense. But uh, yeah, that's but that's green for you. I mean, you know, and she, you know, she goes on in her in her rant, and she, I skip this. She she complains about the U.S. being enslaved by China because of electric cars, you know, um, and, and something she calls the American revival. She talks about that, which will supposedly get America back to America first policies and government. Um, it's the idea, so like the China thing real quick, it's the idea that like, you know, the U.S. is trying to push supposedly American consumers to electric cars, and that's all well and good, but China com- controls like 85% of the uh, electric car battery market, right? That's not technically true. What they control is the sort of like the creation of, uh, I believe it's cobalt in the form that is necessary for these batteries. And they do control like, I think like 80% of that production. Yeah. Uh, And that's because they went to Africa and took over all the mines. Yep. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Oh, speaking of no conflicts, right? There's also conflict minerals in, in large swaths of the african continent people dying over this no my computer products just uh, products just come from yeah. nothing yeah. right oh and by the way uh marjorie taylor green who is so anti-china she tweets with an iphone guess where iphones are predominantly made motherfucking dun, dun, china dun. oh shit <sighs> but yeah so she complains she rants about that bullshit i just skipped it because it's very boring and it's anti-communist it's like watered down john birch society shit 
at this point. It's stupid. Um, but then she complains about being canceled because Twitter suspended her account for repeated COVID misinformation violations. And again, that's on brand for her. And then after that, she explains what she and the audience have in common and how she doesn't believe she, Marjorie Terry Green, believes that you shouldn't divide people. But all I know many of you in this room knows exactly what that feels like because you know what it's like to be canceled. And that's why I'm here to talk to you tonight. I don't believe anyone should be canceled. I don't believe in I don't believe in separating people and identities. I don't believe in separating people and classes, but that's what the Democrats believe in because that's what Marxism is. That's what communism is. And I know it's hard to comprehend, but in China, they separate people by class. And the Democrats have learned that very same trick and they're trying to do the same thing to all of us here in America and separate us by identity. Well, I reject identity politics because there's one thing I know. It doesn't matter what your skin color is or any of these choices and all of these things that are said. It matters who you are as a person. It matters who you are in your character. And it matters how you treat other people and the type of life you live. And so we have to stand together as Americans. We have to stand together as Americans and make sure that our government and our hard-earned tax dollars, because believe me, it takes a lot of hard work to earn money, that all of that money is serving our country, not serving foreign country, building bridges and roads and schools, but it's working for our country, securing our border, bringing our jobs back home, and making sure that our people are being taken care of. Spoiler alert, you ain't bringing no jobs back home. You ain't doing it. That's how capital flight works. You know... I feel like her feelings really were hurt because she got kicked off Twitter. And I don't really care. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I know you saw me gesticulating or whatever the hell. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? So, okay. So there, was the a, moment, there was a lot there. There was a lot there. So, it, it, the, what got me immediately was the Democrats like to separate us by classes because that's Marxism. And I'm like, that is the end. Genesis of Marxism, like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I had to go look at class theory again really quick just to make sure I was not fucked up. And yep, I'm just she like, gaslit you, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? That, that, this is not, uh, Yeah. What is Joe yeah. been saying? Buzzwords and cadence? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. She, uh... That was that that was a big fucking swing as far as I'm concerned. The the there was that, but just to be clear, the person who speaks against the rights of the trans community, against undocumented persons, against leftist politicians, against Democrats in general is not interested apparently in dividing and categorizing people, right? But that clearly ends at the fucking border, you know? I mean, by by her very words, she she reveals what's what her deal is. Her thing is she's not interested in dividing white Christians into classes, you know? It's just, I mean, I, I, I do not understand how she keeps raising so much goddamn money. I don't, well, no, I do. I do understand. I just don't want to believe it. I don't want to well, believe it. It's because, um, unfortunately, 
my dear, beautiful and sweet countrymen and women have an inherent problem with people that don't look like them. And it just Mm -hmm. might be that you don't have too much of an interaction with them. Or maybe just so happens most of your interaction with them is through media is already biased. So that might be why, because unfortunately, black people scare you and we shouldn't scare you. You know, I got probably one of the nicest people you ever meet. But, you know, you know, you'll you'll pull your purse close to you and I probably make twice as much as you (laughs) (laughs) like what the hell? Oh, you should be- definitely be afraid of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just I no, nah, Bruce, you you hit the nail on the head. Like, I mean, I mean, I grew up on the coast of California, you know, just south of San Francisco, in a tiny little town that had four black people in our high school, and one of them we called an Oreo. So, uh, yep. You, yeah. Yep. I used to be yeah. that Oreo. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Kid, kid like, say shit. Like, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so like, for me, like it wasn't until I was in college that I actually started experiencing getting to meet. Other, I was like, Oh, I don't need to be afraid of black people because they're not all just thugs. Like the news has been trumping them up to. Yeah. Me, and, that's all I would yeah, hear. And we realize that that term thugs, that's a loaded term in the first place, you know? And exactly and, and the thing that I, I, I'm ashamed to admit, but I will admit that's something that I didn't come to terms with, frankly, until like probably my mid twenties, if I'm being honest with you. So ingrained was I in the American sort of like biased dialectic on this type of thing. You know, it's just, it, but that's that's the power of propaganda. That's exactly what we're talking about, you know? I mean, but you're a victim too, right? So, like, you know, in that sense, like, both of you are victims, you know, like, because you weren't even offered the ability to have that, like, perspective on your own. Like, someone told you that. Well, and, like, for me, like, in my context, because, like, I'm half Bolivian, but, like, my dad's a first-generation immigrant. He was so ingrained in wanting to become American that he cut off everything from his original culture. And was like, so I don't know half of my culture, but I was still you know, grew up subjected to, cause you know, grew up in a little farming community of, you know, all of the Mexican, you know, threat or not threats, uh, racism, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's the point of, that's really the point of all of this. That's, I, I, I know it might seem futile. This is why I, one of my hobbies is in, is engaging with crap like this because like, yeah, I get it. It can feel like an endless onslaught, but you know, even if even if it feels like it's pointless, I mean, I feel like it's necessary for ordinary people, ordinary that we are, to engage with this, to call this out. I mean, if only to make whoever's listening feel like you're not alone. Like, we see it too. You know, you're not crazy. You know, you're not weird to think like this. But I mean, like, that's where the change comes from, is from us, right? Like, it doesn't really come from, you know, I know I'm going on my principal rants, but like, the change doesn't ever come from like fucking politicians and shit always comes from the people like any, any major change in this country and you know, anywhere around the world. I mean, that was that was driven by blood like that was driven by like ordinary people standing up to bullshit. And like, that's what we should do. Like, that's what we need to do is we need to get back to doing is standing up to this bullshit and putting down our shit and like putting us out our comfort and fixing our shit. But that's just me and my principal rant. I'll do that all the time. Well, yeah, and, and and which is why I'm still part of the well, church. Well, and in the end, it comes down to: Are you whatever your politics are? Are you willing to throw your body in harm's way, like your physical body? Like, are you ready to take it there? You know, and that's unfortunately that's what it takes. 
but you still got to come up against like the driving force of propaganda that is uh people like Ted Cruz, people like, or excuse me, Raphael Cruz, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, so I just want to close this out with Greene's finish, which is a little weak. Um, but it's, you know, basically it's it's a grim look at the future for her overwhelmingly white, ostensibly Christian, and probably American audience. And then lastly, what we have to do is we have to make sure that this young generation that is facing such a critical time, a time like never before in our American history, that you all have a future. And that's something that really matters to me. But this government has failed you and it makes me sick and it makes me angry every single day. As a matter of fact, that's the whole reason why I ran for Congress. Because this is what I see forward in the future. We are actually going to have to find a time where we know what it's like to stand for our faith as Christians. We know what it's like to actually stand up for our freedoms in the face of tyranny, and that's what the Democrat Party is. You see, they haven't spoken against Justin Trudeau, the son of Fidel Castro, have they? And while Nancy Pelosi has erected and built a gigantic wall around the Capitol where I go to work on Monday, they're terrified of truckers coming to town in Washington, D.C. You're worried about that automation, which they should be worried about. Yeah, and maybe they're worried about, you know, a mob of people fucking ripping down the doors again. Just a thought. The persecution kink is so real. <laughs> it, it is. It, that's her kink. That's what she... Persecute me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Make me feel like that's a victim. That's seriously what it sounds like. <laughs> Make me feel like a victim. Put it all over my face. <laughs> trample on my rights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't trample on me. But like... The- <laughs> Like, life is too good for these people that they have to make up their own problems and make it everybody else's yeah, problem. Yeah, 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 You know? And and people are buying into it, you know? It's like I did an episode, like, last year on uh, this uh, Tom Hutton. He fucking, like, this guy that just, he's made, like, his career for decades on, like, anti-communist sentiment. You know, you don't hear too much about him these days because, like, his 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 audience is like you know baby boomers and older and they're you know they're getting older and stuff so they don't they don't have nearly as much influence but yeah no it it, it always comes back to that it's the idea of like it's the th- it's the specter of communism it's the idea that anything other than christian white heteronormativity is a threat to the existence of the united states the implication being that the united states is or should be a white heteronormative christian uh english-speaking uh country you know and it's just like it's it's it it frustrates me that they still get this much um, uh, financial support, but I shouldn't be surprised anymore. Um, but yeah, taken all together, right? We we all this all these things that Green said, all these things that Cruz says, all these things that all these fucking guys say, right? I can't see that in the aggregate being anything other than a st- than stochastic terrorism, being a call to violence. I can't. Because, okay, other than the money, I don't understand what point they're trying to get across here. Everything's a fight. Everything's a war. Everything is a threat to their existence. You know, oppose them on every front. Yell at them. Scream at them. Laugh at them. uh, Dehumanize them. I do not understand how you could take this anything other than a call to violent action. I don't. 
I don't understand. You can't think critically when you're foaming at the mouth. Yeah. So that's kind of the point. Keep people enraged. Don't give them an actual enemy to be mad at. That's why you know we saw you know in the early two thousands the war on terrorism. You see war on nouns. You don't see like you know you don't see a war on an actual state actor. War on drugs, right? Trillions of fucking dollars. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's it, it, it's all meant to be fear based, so that way your brain is shut off. You are always in fight or flight mode. You're not. You don't have the time to catch your breath and think critically. It's actually interesting, Joe, because uh, Jason Stanley uh, wrote a book, "How Propaganda Works." That's literally his working definition of propaganda: is basically rhetoric designed to cut off logical thought. Uh, in the pursuit of truth in uh, by using emotion. So that, that, yes, that's it. That's literally it. And my definition just comes from personal experience. Go, right? <laughs> fucking. See, this is how fucking. I went on my Facebook arguments is because I'm never emotional. <laughs> I compare everyone to Hitler. That's how I win. So. <laughs> Usually a winning It's strategy. an oldie but a goodie. You know, well, unless you're talking to Nick Fuentes and he just takes that as a compliment. So. Yeah, it's a tough one. Oh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, in this like in this whole fucking weekend, barely a mention of Ukraine and Russia. Nobody said of basically aside from Ma- Mike Pompeo because uh, he kind of had to. Nobody really mentioned anything. You know, it's like you guys were all back in Putin. You know, uh, one way or another. And True. now that he did the thing, Pompeo was at CPAC or AFPAC. CPAC. He was at CPAC. Yeah. Well, <laughs> CPAC happened in like right in the middle of the backtrack because right before CPAC, they were all praising mm-hmm. Putin. Yep. And then after CPAC was when Tucker Carlson started tucking his tail between yep. his legs. Oh, but but that was like literally 30 seconds of airtime because then Carlson uh, pivoted to, oh, and by the way, this is all Biden's fault because if he was strong like Trump, none of this would have happened. You know, uh, so they just love the taste of that. Yeah, they love it. So, yeah, CPAC, AFPAC, white nationalists, anti-Semitism, uh, transphobia, um, the bread and butter of the American right wing. Did fuck me. Did we learn anything new here? Not really. No, that's depressing. I shit. I mean, I mean, I come away from this the same way. I come away from every episode of this. <laughs> just the same feeling like, yep. Same shit, different yep. day. Yep, yep. Welcome to America. You know it. <sighs> Love it or leave yeah. it. <laughs> Jay, any uh, any final thoughts on this cacophony of bullshit? Uh, I'm really digging deep here. And <laughs> uh, honestly, my big thing is that uh, I, I, I always say that I have a particular issue with the Marjorie Taylor Greene because of just of how low on the totem pole she is. So I just don't like talking about her because I just want to act like she doesn't exist. <laughs> so I think that's what she deserves because she's just as a human being kind of garbage. Irrelevant. <laughs> like, it, and, and it's sad because I want to respect human beings, but I don't think she's worthy of my respect. So... Oh, well. She has her place in the system, though. She makes the noise to keep the eyes off of what Moscow Mitch is doing. True. There you go. In the wise words of Harriet Tubman, you can't save everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all right with that. Um, it just, uh, I hate when people like that get a voice because, like I said, like, you know, 
she she talks and people believe her a little bit more than they should just because she's risen to this position of power even if she may have done it in a nefarious way um and i just want to thank everyone for not attacking her character uh (laughs) because of you know she's done some questionable things and she's speaking at a christian convention and i just think that's ironic so if i learned anything is you really can be anything in this world if you're blonde and white you know it well (laughs) well, karen's unite (laughs) yeah oh god bruce any 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 final thoughts from you this from Raphael or marjorie or madison oh america america such a beautiful place i really wish you could fucking (laughs) shit together god damn like i mean come on guys like at some point we gotta we gotta wrap this shit up right like we gotta we gotta fucking actually live up to the ideals of our you know our very very flawed founders right um i mean like at this point we're 200 years in this game get get over this dumb shit like join the fucking modern age and let's just move into the future together everybody has grievances everybody has problems that we share and uh, like our general source of problem is largely the same and you're listening to these dumbass people like no get on the same page and join with us in solidarity and fix problems that's what you should be doing not doing this dumbass Ooh, he said what i like to hear on fox news fuck that dumb shit like no fix your country that's what you need to do fix our country that's what you need to do like get over yourselves and do your fucking job as a citizen that's my words amen motherfuckers that's what a real patriot God damn does. right. Joe, Joe, I, I I can't leave without getting your thoughts on on this version of Christianity that we keep running into, sir. Yeah, any any for for those for Christians in our audience or any religious people in our audience, any any spiritual thoughts on how to navigate this minefield? I mean, just keep in mind that what these people talk about is not actually real. They're not putting things in context. So when you take things out of context, you can make whatever say whatever the fuck you want. It's that way with news headlines and, you know, anything. And so do your research and sift through the bullshit. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, with that, we are almost out of here. But before we go, uh, let's see. Oh, Bruce, um, and I can add this out. Did did you have any social media or any creative things you wanted to let the audience know about where they can find you? Anything like that? Or oh yes, I do have a recently very active Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, it is the at uh, rocks kick can you or basically in reverse you can kick rocks. So um, that is my handle. <laughs> um, I do not mind um, anyone following me. I'm a very opinionated person. Um, so, and I am a clapback artist. So keep that in mind. But feel free to follow <laughs> me. Right on, jo- and uh, jo- Joe. I don't know if you you got things you're working on these days or no, not really. I just kind of stay away from the social media stuff for the most. My part. man, probably good for your mental health. Yes, okay. don't do it. I got, I got enough problems in my life, most of which involve money. So it's like I don't need to add the social media layer on top of that. Fair. Amen to that. All right. Well, 
We're going to get out of here and uh, just a couple of things. Once again, as I said at the top of the show, uh, if you like what we do, you can follow the show on Twitter at ConsequencePod. You can sh- follow me on Twitter at Stop Talking Matt. You can follow Jay on Twitter at uh, Stop Talking JV. And you can follow Bruce on Twitter at Rocks Kick Can You. Did I get that right? Hell yeah. Okay, I got that right. And uh, oh, just one last thing before we get out of here. Um, you know, with all this in mind, um, just obviously there is a war going on okay and as we said hundreds of that in ukraine hundreds of thousands of civilians have been displaced unknown number of people have been killed or injured and it looks like the violence is only going to continue to escalate russia is hitting the city with bombardments indiscriminate bombing of civilian targets so you know whatever you want to say about this war or any other war there are civilians uh who played no hand in this and they need help and with that in mind i personally will be donating uh what i can to doctors Without Borders, uh, an organization that provides medical assistance throughout the world in some of the worst conflict zones on Earth. They are currently setting up uh, response teams in Ukraine, as well as Poland, Moldova, Hungary, Romania, and Slovakia to deal with the uh, uh, refugee issues there. So if you can't afford to give out there, uh, throw Doctors Without Borders a shout out on social media, sort of boost that message. They're, you know, they're doing everything they can. So, yeah, with that in mind, uh, everybody keep your heads up, uh, pray for the people of Ukraine and people in conflict zones everywhere, and we'll be back next week. So stay strong, everybody. See yous.